Devil May Cry. Yay! We have it. Okay. Yeah. Just like, just like the video game. <laughs> just like the video game and the anime. Okay, let's get started. Hello, people on the internet. Adam and Drew are here to talk to you about Devil May Cry 5. Zach is uh, not doing that because he doesn't care about devil hunting like uh, Adam and I do. And that's okay. We don't, we don't judge him too harshly for it. But um, we've been subtly and not so subtly talking about this game in and out of episodes for a very long time. It has officially come out. I think like the past year of episodes, every once in a while, Drew and I will go into hee hee hee, did you see this thing? <laughs> like just the tee hee hee, there's a trailer, or the tee hee hee, we have a new screenshot. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, those are the days. It's like, hey man, look a new screenshot. <gasps> what could it mean? I, I frequented the uh, Devil May Cry Discord very, pretty much every day, and, well, you know, we'll get into it. I think, uh, let's start off with uh, our expectations, our franchise, uh, why we care so damn much, the year-long rollouts of little bits of content, and then we can dig into the actual mm -hmm. game. I think, spoiler spoiler alert, uh, I love 5, I think 5 is great. I, I'll be up front, I absolutely love this game, I, I thought it was fantastic. <laughs> also, bit of spoiler alert, I know I've beaten the game. I'm almost 100% sure Drew has beaten the game. That's right. We're probably we're probably gonna talk just like everything open game at this point. Um, so if you have a a desire to play Devil May Cry 5, maybe don't uh, like listen to us right now. Go play it for yourself because we're gonna just we're gonna bust into this thing. Yeah, I like spoiler warning. Spoiler warning. No holds barred here. I. I'm going to talk about everything. I'm going to talk about the ending because I have thoughts and feelings on the ending. I. <laughs> One of the things we're going to bring up in our talk is actually, uh, by way of how this turned out, I actually just recently went to a GDC talk where Hideaki Itsuno talked about the game. And just because we're talking about spoilers, Drew, one of the things that happened in that panel was, okay, guys, now we're going to talk about the story. And he puts up this full at, like page on his uh, PowerPoint of, if you haven't beaten the game yet, this is your last chance to leave, like right now, because we're going to spoil the crap out of this game. And people were like, oh, okay, okay. He's like, okay, here's the next slide. And it starts playing the video of the uh, of that scene in the final battle. It's Fantastic. like, it's like that's the moment. Dude, if you didn't beat this game. To be fair, it was a game developers conference. Um, so I- It was. I, I feel like I, it's safe to say, you know, you're among your peers. You want to talk about all the work that went into the full product. That's going to require mm -hmm. you to go into deep about what you were doing or thinking and the decisions you made. So- Right. Yeah. The only reason I bring it up is because I'm pretty sure there was somebody in the audience because people started laughing where somebody's like, oh my God, what? And you're like, <laughs> He literally just said, we're going to spoil the crap out of it. Oh, Lord. Um, you know what? Let, let's, but, let's, uh, we'll timestamp your particular discussion points because I'm sure people will be very curious. Um, let, let's get into um, what we said we would get into. The original. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry. What, what we thought, what we were hoping for, what we, what we wanted, what we expected. Mm -hmm. Expectations before the announcements and everything, or maybe very close yeah. to the announcements. So, Adam. What were your thoughts when you saw that first trailer and you heard Devil Trigger for the firstest time? Oh, man. <laughs> so, I remember... I'll, I'll even pull this back just a little bit further. Um, 
at some time in late 2017, there was this leak that came out of, hey, there's a new Devil May Cry on the way, and it was going to be shown here. I don't know if you remember, there was that big initial leak of like, hey, these things are happening. Mm. And people were like, oh, oh, is this real? <laughs> this can't be real. Um, and I remember looking at a little bit of it, but kind of like, no, I, I don't want to get my hopes up. That, that I, I, I can't be hurt by a fake DMC5 mm. rumor. Mm. Uh, fast forward to E3 2018, which is nuts to me that this game like got announced and then was released a year later oh um, shit that's right god it, it wasn't built in a year i'll tell no, you that mm, no i mean it, uh, it shows like this is not a rush job at all by any stretch of the imagination yeah but it, so um, much has happened it's been so content rich with like things and teasers that it feels like it's been longer like there was so much mm-hmm. stuff every other day i so e3 rolls around and that first devil may cry 5 trailer shows up and it's all the first trailer is all Nero. It is just like, yo, look at older Nero. Look at him. Look at him be cool. What's up with this arm? Where did that go? Like, I don't know. What's going on? And um, and I remember just getting so fucking excited because Devil May Cry, ha- you know, hadn't really had a, a new entry in it. And to see it go back to the, uh, the original kind of game series just blew my mind. Um, moreover that it was like, oh my god, it's still centering around Nero? Like, that's amazing. Uh, and then the very end, that stinger that, hey, also Dante, it was like, <gasps> ah! <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I figured there was no way they could do a sequel without having Dante there, so I was, I was happy to see him rev up on his motorcycle. I was not expecting the motorcycle to be a fucking weapon! Yeah, yeah, that was in the, ne- that was like in the next trait, like, so... What they did was each each time there was a new trailer, it was kind of focused around a new character. So the first one was Nero, then Dante, and then later there was V. In Dante's trailer, you realize, hey, that motorcycle he's riding around on, that's a weapon. I I was in a weird place with Devil May Cry. I I am one of the few and the proud who defend DMC. I, I think it was fine. I think it got... I think it is the black sheep of the series, and I'm waiting for it to be recognized as the cult version of the game, as opposed to just, like, the nasty thing that happened. I feel like that's two, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, uh, Devil May Cry 3 was my entry to the series. Uh, I got it way back in the high school days. Uh, it was, like, it was like one of my first, like, oh my god, I, I love video games so much, you guys, moments. Um, and I, I loved mm-hmm. the hell out of that game. And... And, you know, I played the, the HD uh, reversions, and I played through one, and a bit of two, and, you know, I had my idea of what Devil May Cry was. And then 4 mm-hmm. happened, and I, I was a little let down. I It felt like a compromise game to me. It yeah. felt like they really wanted Nero to be the new big bad, or the new good guy, and I, I felt mm-hmm. weird about it. So when 5 got dropped, and it got dropped with, like, this big, beautiful trailer, this really insane, electro-heavy, what I don't even know how to describe what Devil Trigger is thing. Mm-hmm. And just the fact that it seemed like they were having a ton of fun with it. Like, I was I was pretty excited. I, I didn't know what to expect, and I had my apocalypse mm-hmm. scenario, which was, it's just four all over again. But I had a pretty good feeling that it wasn't going to happen that way. It's It seemed like there yeah. was a lot more going into this one. It seemed like they had a better idea of what they were doing. And, you know, it just, it, it looked more like the thing that I would want to see. I'll, I'll agree with you there. Uh, just go back. Um, 
My first entry into the game was Devil May Cry 1. I, mm-hmm. I had a friend that would bring over Devil May Cry 1 and we'd <clears> play that uh, here or there, and I've talked about that. Mm-hmm. Um, I, def- I, I definitely think, like, up before 5 dropped, I, I, it was like, damn, 3 is just, like, the pinnacle of it. Um, I was a little <laughs> bit more uh, on board with 4, where, hey, here's this new character, Nero. He has his new stuff, his new kind of setup. Um, and, you know, there's Dante. Uh, but I'll also admit that 4 has kind of a different tone kind of deal to it uh mm-hmm. i think it's because they're kind of they were setting up a new hero and they wanted to tell this kind of love story and devil may cry really had never had that kind of story before in it uh i think it did a decent job at it but it didn't have the like crazy energy that like uh three was coming off of yeah uh, that when you see that trailer of five all of that like crazy energy from like the previous games is here because I feel like five was trying to be a bit more uh, kind of dramatic at times. And five was just like, we're going to be dramatic, but we're also going to have like a crazy amount of fun with it kind of deal. And I, I think that's, it's kind of what the trailer, like the trailer was very much a mission statement. Um, I appreciated mm-hmm. the, it seemed like they had taken some artistic direct direction from DMC. Um, when I first mm-hmm. saw it and I first saw like the split second of Nero, I actually thought it was like a weird, like there was a, a small piece of me that was like, did they just make Dante the face of the series? Did they just do that? And then it was just Nero and was like, I was happy with it. Cause his silhouette looked very similar. <laughs> I'll, I'll agree. His new design does look a lot like reboot <laughs> DMC. Uh, yeah. Like I, I, I'm... I'm throwing that I'm throwing that out the out the window for now, but I will say when I first saw that there was a piece of me that was really like, oh cool, cool. They they have their own opinion. Actually, there, there was a lot of uh a lot of people when they first saw that trailer thought the same thing until Nero pulls out the sword and revs it up because yeah. he's the only one that has that kind of sword. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh crap, no, that's Nero. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They did so much with Nero. I love all the changes. Like mm-hmm. I in, in 4, he just didn't click with me. He felt too much like he was just kind of like younger Dante for the hip kids, you know, for, for, the, mm-hmm. for the folks out there. And, and this one, it seemed like he was a bit more of a punk. It seemed like he had a bit more of like a potty mouth. He seemed more like his own yeah. character. And I really, I appreciate it. Um, yeah. Uh, I think I'll jump into that in a second because I, I want to go over just a couple more things about the, the lead up into it. Um, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where kind of going into DMC5, one of the things was, you know, okay, so now you have Nero. And then... The next trailer shows off Dante, and you realize, wait a minute, Dante is older now. He mm-hmm. he's not like he, he's not like old man like gone on a cane, but he he visibly looks a bit more aged, and it's when you kind of realize, oh, they're really leaning in more and more with the R the Resident Evil engine that they use for like seven and RE remake, where it's like, yo, this game looks really damn good because oh, they mocapped everything. It does it does um, uh, apparently they, then, like they scanned clothing as well to like actually get like that's how they have like actual coats floating and whatnot it's not just like something. oh yeah they they fucking scan everything in the re engine um mm-hmm. it, and then after they shut off dante the stinger uh, uh the stinger <laughs> the the end bit with dante shows off hey who's that new guy over there and it's a trailer for the new character v now i'll be entirely honest um I, I, because we're talking about lead up and expectations, I really did not know what to think of V going in because now I know kind of what to expect from Nero. I know what to expect from Dante, but then they're like, "Hey, here's this third playable character." I'm like, "Oh no, oh no, they they might drop the ball if this character's like super annoying or something like that." 
I, I had the same fear just because part of what made four not work for me was the here, like two campaigns slapped into one situation. And I was worried they have, mm-hmm. they would have like, you know, they would have three characters now and they would have to somehow balance them all out. And that just seemed like too much of a juggling act. Like I was worried yeah. one of them was going to be the weak link. I totally shared your kind of fear about that because four, as much as I kind of like the story of four, the gameplay of four kind of suffers in that it, had kind of a crunch development time where you essentially go through levels one, two, three, four, and then with Nero, and then you go in the reverse order with Dante. So when they're like, hey, here's three playable characters, like, oh no. Yeah. It's gonna oh, it's gonna feel like a hodgepodge of stuff. And and then they show off his gameplay and it's like you're gonna be more controlling uh demons on the field, which was like, on the one hand, from a fan thing of like, holy shit, is that Griffin? Is that Shadow? Is that Nightmare? <laughs> Which was cool, but it was like, oh, his gameplay is going to be weird. Uh, so, yeah. And then, let me ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Going into the game, when they said, hey, there's multiplayer, did you have any expectations or concerns about that? When I heard about it, I, I remember hearing about it as like, oh, it's kind of like Dark Soulsy. It's kind of like a, like not a huge part of it. It's not like a, you're fighting other people. It's like a weird co-op-y thing. And my thoughts mm-hmm. were... Okay, that sounds like a weird experimental thing they're doing. Uh, so long as the core gameplay is good and I'm still playing a single player game where I'm in the controller, yeah. then I'm happy with it. Like, and ultimately what they came out with is pretty non-invasive. I I personally don't, like, tur- I turned the network stuff off after the first playthrough just because, mm-hmm. like, I wasn't really seeing what I was getting out of it. Yeah, and we'll probably talk a bit more about that later when we're actually in the game, but... Yeah, I agree. I was kind of like, okay, I don't really know if I've ever thought of Devil May Cry as a multiplayer kind of game. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and then the last thing I want to talk about was uh, before before we actually ended the game, because this was like leading up into the game's release. Each trailer was pretty cool. And I remember telling you, Drew, that I was like, okay, I'm not going to watch any more trailers. I don't want any more spoilers. No, oh, more, no. no more. And each time they had a trailer drop that was, hey, here's the gameplay of Nero, here's gameplay of Dante, here's gameplay of V. I was like, all right, but this is the last one. I specifically want to talk for a second about the Devil May Cry 5 final trailer. Okay. Oh, the, the one with, with our boy Virgil. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> did you watch that trailer before going into the game? I did. I did. Okay. So, um, I didn't because I, I was very much, I don't want any spoilers at all. Oh. Um, and... I didn't watch the final trailer because the first headline I saw was Devil May Cry 5 has a new launch trailer. Don't watch this if you don't want spoilers. And I was like, okay, that's a solid skip for me. Um, I want to talk about that because after I beat the game, I went back and watched that trailer. Mm -hmm. And oh my god, Capcom, what the (laughs) hell were you thinking? Like, Uh... that's not even like, that's, I know we said no spoilers at the beginning of this podcast. Uh. This was just one of those moments I'm like, who the fuck in marketing thought this was a good idea to put <laughs> these shots in here? Like, some of them are meaningless without context. Mm-hmm. Some of them, it doesn't matter what the context was. You see that, you know what may be happening. And it's like, Capcom? What, what the hell? I, I understand your rage and frustration. Uh, 
I guess uh-huh. I'm, I'm coming at it from, I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum, right? Like I was like, you know what? I can't, I'm not going to be able to resist this. I'm going to go deep um, and just like see mm-hmm. all the fun spoilers I can uh, within reason. Like once the game came out, I was like, I'm going to watch, I'm going to play through the story. I'm not going to do a let's play or anything. Mm-hmm. But at, based off of what had been teased and uh, a lot of the discussions going on over on that their Discord server, like the idea that Virgil mm-hmm. was going to show up wasn't shocking to me. Like I, I don't remember remember that yeah. trailer very deeply i do remember the the shot the back headshot of virgil where like if you're new to the franchise yeah. you don't care if you're hip to what's going on if you're returning you know. you, yeah uh so i'll be honest um going in uh going into the game i actually had some kind of vague idea of what i thought the story was gonna be oh oh uh, okay maybe I, we'll, maybe I totally want to have uh, like a a pregame mm-hmm. theory session. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's what. So that's what we'll do. So like going into the game, um, because I really like the Devil May Cry stories. I think they're really fun. Um, mm-hmm. and spoiler, I think five has a fantastic story. I really liked it. Um, what I thought was going to happen, and from all the trailers, is I thought like, okay, Nero Dante. Uh, get this job from V or something and they and the whole game is them fighting through this giant tree thing and all these demons are stopping them as they advance up the tower and you know it's in my head it was very linear like we're just gonna keep climbing up there you know of course you'd find out a bit more about V and I uh, going into it you know who I actually thought V was Ooh, who'd you think who'd you think I actually thought V was related to Arkham from Devil May Cry 3. Oh, is that because of the book, right? Because he's always holding the book. He has a cane. He uses demonic power. Uh, and I thought, it's like, that would be a really weird callback to Devil May Cry 3 if he's related to Arkham. Um, it didn't turn out that way. So that maybe that's why when V has his big reveal in the game, I was like, oh, I didn't see that coming at all. Um, oh. And so I you'd find out who V was. Um I thought Virgil might be teased at, but he probably wouldn't show up and that it was going to be uh this Urizen would be a like a resurrected Mundus or something like that. That's mm. what I thought the story of the game was going to be. Um what about you? Did you have a bit more? So I I was uh very heavily into the um like there's the main thread and then there's the um <clears throat> the theories section which is you know like stuff mm-hmm. that's unofficial information so you don't know how legit it is and then everyone's kind of coming up with stuff and one thing i will say adam they they really did some things i feel like were not so obvious and other things i feel like they threw in like a really nice curveball for us right i mm-hmm. i assumed virgil was going to be in five because of the special edition for four where they made him a playable character and they added a cutscene that explicitly called out Oh, I have had a son here, and I am walking away. Yeah, <laughs> that part I actually um. So I actually knew because in one of the novels they say like, uh, "Hey, Virgil has a son. Who's that son? That's Nero." And I was like, "In four, you don't really get that." And I was like, "Or, or it's kind of very heavily hinted at, and in the book it kind of says it." Mm-hmm. And I thought, "Okay, we'll probably get a confirmation that that is true." So actually, going into the game, I already knew like, "Okay, Nero is Virgil's son." Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, but I didn't actually think Virgil himself would show up. I thought it'd be like a spirit kind of meeting kind of deal. Oh, cool. Cool. Okay. So, so afterwards with that, 
Um, there was, you know, the discussion of, you know, who's V, because for the longest time we had a silhouette. And because the silhouette has a cane that kind of looks like the Yamato, the guy's got a coat, there was a lot of speculation mm. of like, hey, is this Virgil? But he's like all corrupt and dark now. And, you know, we have that cutscene where Nero gets his arm ripped off and that leaked. And there were some screenshots <laughs> and those screenshots and some oh. nice zoom-ins. So, so the I... The one I saw was... <laughs> mm -hmm. um, it was actually like the day the original trailer came out where uh, the the guy in the cloak is grabbing Nero and kind of spins him and like actually twists his arm off. It was like watching that cutscene again. It's really like, gruesome. Wow, that's not, that's not a cut. That's like I grabbed someone's arm and just twisted it off of you. Um, somebody zoom. Uh, the guy's over at Maximilian uh, um, mm -hmm. who does Yo! Video Games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He zooms in on the guy's coat and is like, hey, wait a minute. That, that looks like Virgil's coat because we had to do that for one of the videos we made. That could be Virgil. And I was like, that could be Virgil. Maybe he's still possessed by Mundus, and maybe that's what he's doing here. See, I I have my fan theory, but before I get into it, I want to talk about the curveball they threw in there. So you know how there was Urizen, right? That was the the fake name uh -huh. of Virgil's demon powerful. That is mm -hmm. based off of a poem, I believe from, like, I believe it's the poetry that V was reading. And in that, there's a whole story about, you know these four warriors that come together to vanquish evil. And there was a lot of discussion about were they lifting directly from them. Um, mm. Then you get into the idea of the tree and like all these bugs. And so for me, I see like, you know, bugs, bugs, you know, the enemy types are usually some kind of like indicator for, you know, the games. Like three, they were like the Sims mm. and four, they were the Knights. So in this one, I had a, I, I kind of, I thought V was Virgil. Like I, I figured he was like a weakened, corrupted version of him so he could escape the demon realm. Like I thought he was still trapped there and this was part of like this entire game was going to be about his grand scheme to escape and how he did it mm -hmm. and demons broke through that portal. That was my theory. Mm. And so going through it, there were all these little nods to like him being Virgil that I was like, oh my God, oh my God, this has to be it. This is so true. Um, so the only thing going so like i said i kind of saw a thought that v might be like arkham or something again because i kind of thought they had how do i put this i knew they had brought virgil back for four um but i guess i just wasn't expecting him to like fully show up in five or he would show up in some kind of spirit thing because he's like well isn't he the spirit possessing nero so like maybe that's why he's there mm -hmm. uh the one thing that tipped me off that v would have some connection to virgil uh was when i was going through the skill list and i see Hey, look at that skilled royal fork. Yes. Boy, those look an awful <laughs> lot like summon swords. Yes. Hmm. Well, I mean, maybe that... I'm wrong. And he, he also has a voice line where he says, yeah. I need more strength. And I'm like, oh, it is really close to power. And, and then if you go into uh, the Morrison uh, documents and whatnot, they're like talking about like a young little boy, Virgil, who who got a book of poetry. And I was just like, oh, my God. Oh I my actually, God. okay. So, because now we're. Now we're kind of getting into just the story. Uh, I actually thought that they were talking about Dante in that one. Whoa! Because uh, Mor Morrison always gives you notes on who Dante is. So I thought all the notes were like really related to Dante. So when I was reading that one, it's like, oh, so maybe it was Dante's book. He's the kid that writes his name. And then in the end, Virgil did take it. And that's why he's walking around. But he's, you know, V has it as a keepsake of something. Or he mm. knows that that's important. Um, mm. But anywho, uh, so... We've talked a lot about what we thought going in. Yes. Clearly, I did not pick up on... I picked up on a good portion of it, but I didn't pick up on V necessarily. I think because I was still blown away of, 
Oh my god, please don't kill Dante. <laughs> uh, oh god, dude. I don't... I, I, don't, I had worries. I don't care about I had any so of these characters. I, I I almost didn't actually look at the game because I was saying, like, please don't kill my boy. No, because, um, like, it was totally so, in the air, too, right? Like, I... That was my... That was one of my fears. It's just like, oh man, this is going to be the passing of the torch game that they always wanted to do. And that's why it's oh, all about like, you oh, cannot kill Don. Don't you, do it. Like, I was analyzing the lyrics of Subhuman, and it's like, you cannot kill me, I am Omega, and I was so worried Dante was just gonna be the final boss, and he was gonna be, like, some dark shit that I just didn't want to deal with. (laughs) Yeah, so I actually think that sole focus of, I need to see who makes this out, blinded me from a lot of the kind of context clues. Again, I only watched each trailer, like, once leading into it, because Mm. I was like, I don't want to know, I I want to be fully surprised, and I was... Totally surprised. Um, so I guess this takes us right into, hey Drew. Yeah. March eighth, Devil May Cry is out. Yeah, yeah, Party yeah, yeah, time. yeah. Party time. Um, <laughs> All right. So then I I took the I took the day off for that one. <laughs> <laughs> proud <laughs> I took of you. The day off from work to play Devil May. I'm proud of you. That's the way to do it. Oh lord. So, um. So... I guess now we'll talk about like the game's out. Now what? actually happened yes and what actually and all the changes they made yes um, um and we, since we were talking about story sorry should we just go from like beginning to end and just kind of like walk through the story or do you want to do them yeah I, I think let, i think let's do it let's do it that we'll we'll may, probably sit on a couple of things uh, okay. all i was gonna say is because we we're just talking about story it's probably good to first go into story um mm-hmm. so first off dude i did not i didn't know the game would have a uh asynchronous timeline kind of thing or it would have that one of those in media res moments at the oh, beginning that 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 was a curveball um, for me that was a curveball for men i i kind of remember sitting there kind of mouth agape looking at that because uh audience members i was expecting the game to start with hey the tree is sprouted and everybody's trying to climb up it mm-hmm. no the game starts with the tree is already a good ways up and Dante is already fighting the final boss, I, I uh, want, or the I'll, supposed final boss. I, I want to point out my the first of many memes this game spawns, which is Morrison, character who, as far as I know, has never shown up before, smoking a cigar and just saying, we've known each other a long time. And all I can think is, <laughs> who, who are you? Who, who is oh, this guy? Okay. <laughs> Hold on. So let me actually go back a little bit more. Um, we're going to talk about the story of DMC5. But one of the things Devil May Cry 5 does is it has a history of DMC on the main page, and it's a video that you watch to get yourself caught up with the game. I want to go over this only slightly because when I was watching this, one thing that tipped me off, like, okay, maybe Virgil will show up, is how much they focus on Dante and Virgil's conflict in 3, and then how Nero resonated with the Yamato in 4 and all that, yeah? Yeah, yeah. You know what I wasn't fucking expecting at all? Um, that, the, the anime? The, the references to the dude, anime? Dude, <laughs> okay. I, so I had watched the Devil May Cry anime, and I was like, this is a fun side story. I bet it's not canon. And then I'm watching this <laughs> o- official video in Devil May Cry 5, and a thing for the anime comes up, and like, oh my god. Uh, those I, fucking madmen they didn't someone on reddit pointed out that they spent more time on the anime than the than devil may cry 2 like devil may oh, cry 2 gets I like know. a footnote and then it's like but the anime like, happened well that's because the anime is where morrison is from morrison's from the anime uh, you know why you probably didn't notice it because he is in the history of dmc5 uh history of dmc he's a blonde white guy in the anime <laughs> 
oh that's right that's right I think I was and then in this one he's uh, just a, he's a black guy like an older black gentleman and mm-hmm. it's like okay better design but why did you switch it this much I don't um, know, like I, I thought he was great. Like I, I loved his character. Oh, I just I just love how they hype him up a lot, and then he's pretty much gone for the entire game after after that. Like he has like one or two yeah, scenes, he, and I'm just like mm-hmm. I wanted more of him. He was he'll, so cool. He'll send you the notes, but it's like oh okay bye. <laughs> and hell, Patty even has a scene at one point, and it's like oh my god. Um, <laughs> I'm like what's that? Yeah, one line? and then DMC. I'll, I'll do whatever like, you say. Just get me out of that hellish part birthday party. I'm like oh yeah. Oh Dante. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah. So so the beginning of the game starts with Nero and V kind of wa- like climbing up the tree. Nero already has his arm missing. Doesn't have the devil breaker at all. It's just a stump. Mm-hmm. Uh, you find out later that Nero is there as the backup plan, and Nero walks in and is like. What am I doing here? Dante's got this. He's like, mm. V's like, mm, maybe not. Maybe, maybe he doesn't. You should stick um, around, Boyle. Just stick around. You think? Yeah, I, I was not. And then I, I thought all those scenes that they had shown off in the trailers, I thought they were just gonna happen like halfway through the game, and it was kind of like, uh, like me a too, teaser yeah. of what was gonna happen. So to have the game effectively uh-huh. open up with like, no, everything's just gone to shit, is, uh, you know, it's, it's a power move. It's a good one. Not only is everything gone to shit, uh, your main character loses, um, your other main character loses, um, the new character, V, has to drag one of them out, and both Nero and V walk out of the the demon tree, uh, and I distinctly remember this, because Nero walks away from it, like, almost pouty, like, I, I don't know what to do, I'm so upset, and the tree, like, starts growing roots that just, like, start spearing people, Mm. Dude, that was so brutal. It was. It was. I do like how they follow it um, up with perhaps one of the best intros the series has ever had, which is the... I love the slow motion, like, intro credit scroll, where Nero's just, like, floating through the air on top of Nico's truck. And I know it doesn't have mm-hmm. any story implications, but I just really like that scene nice and fun. Um, I like that scene a lot, too. It yeah. was... I, I especially like the bit at the end. So, um, Nico is one of the new characters they've introduced and she's constantly smoking. Um, and I just like the scene of like, she lights up in her van and you're like, Oh, it's terrible. This, this is the worst. And then at the very end of the sequence, you can see written on the street of this game does not promote smoking cigarettes. Oh yes. Yes. I very and tongue like, in cheek. This game is very tongue in cheek. I love it. I yeah. Love it. Uh, and then you find out it's been a month. This demon tree has been sitting here, growing here, for a month. Mm-hmm. It's like, growing it's like, for a wow, month. Yeah. we're fucked. I mean, it's just time to go, time to go lay waste to some demons. You know, gotta set the stage. Mm-hmm. Stakes are pretty high. The entire city is being destroyed. The world doesn't know what to do. It's up to our, our good boy, our good boy Nero, to, to step up mm-hmm. with uh, a robotic so, arm. This might be a good time to, yeah, this might be a good time to talk about uh, Nero's gameplay, since at this point you're immediately introduced to Nero and his gameplay. Uh, I like Nero's gameplay a lot in this one. Um, I, I think the Devil Breakers are so interesting. They're, they're such an like, interesting they, mechanic, the game. Because, like, mm-hmm. you have your core combat, which is, you know, it's pretty good. It's effectively what Nero was in 4, um, a little streamlined. Mm-hmm. But, like, the Breakers, like... At first, I was just sort of treating them like a little bonus power up that I had because I was afraid mm-hmm. to. I was afraid to destroy them, right? Which I think is why they added the super moves to make it so that if you destroy one, you cool with it. 
But yeah. once I got used to like treating them just like throw throwawayable candy, like, oh, I've got one, I'll do this for it. And it's actually like a tactical decision to destroy one or like waste it. I, I started mm-hmm. like having a ton of fun just like mixing them together and like using, you know, like ragtime followed up with another one. And God, I, I love yeah. Punchline so much. Punchline is just so I much do fun. Too. <laughs> so... I, I think I had the exact same kind of feeling as you, where uh, Nero's combat in 4 was always pretty streamlined. It was not the style switching of Dante. And that's true in this one as well, where, you know, his sword has... Uh... Actually, the thing I like about Nero in DMC5 is not just that the Devil Breakers are there, but, like, every one of his systems has a subsystem to it. Hmm. Like, his sword has the Exceed system, where, you know, you can rev it up to do extra damage on the next hit, and then later skills are, like hey, you can do more levels, and then if you time it right, you can do a max act and get all of the levels. Uh, mm. His gun has a charge state, like you use color up. And then like even the breakers have like, okay, you have your basic breaker move, or you can use the super move, or you can sacrifice it to get like this crazy invincible dodge. Uh, and then of course, Nero still has the the wire snatch that he had from all the other ones, uh, mm. which it's not the devil bringer. No. That shit's gone. Uh, I mean, it's gone for a while. It's gone for a while, but uh... that that shit. Sh- oh, sh- we'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> they they they, um, they actually have a breaker that is your devil bringer. So you know, it's not you don't completely yeah. lose those. Yo, I, no. I'm gonna hold off until we get to gameplay, but I have okay. Oh, all I was gonna say is for the uh for the for Nero stuff, the breaker. You, so punchline was your favorite. You know what? It's not my favorite. I really like it because of the um, like the you jump on it and you can actually surf on the rocket. It's just it's something that belongs in this game, and I'm so glad it's there, mm-hmm. even if it's not the most useful thing. I have had a ton of fun yeah. once I uh, learned how tomboy works, like ripping stuff with tomboy, like and just having no lock on and just flailing around is so much fun i i actually just recently started using tomboy uh because i liked overture but overture is kind of your bread and butter nice Mm. one uh i actually ended up using gerbera a lot like in all my loadouts gerbera is like the last one because it's like okay you've wasted all of your breakers it's time to play defensive it took Uh, me a long time to realize it was just a dodge like uh, until i realized it was an aerial dodge i was just kind of convinced by it yeah uh well, Gerber also has the big fuck off lasers. It's sure I like does. using those. It sure does. Uh, punchline was fun. Uh, Tomboy was really good. I, I though I didn't use much of it. Uh, I like Ragtime, but Ragtime I I keep breaking it because it lasts forever. And if uh, one of the things for Devil the Devil Breakers is if you're using a Devil Breaker and you get hit, you break that arm. And I like that there was a story reason for Nico. Your quality control sucks. <laughs> These things are garbage weak. Oh uh, my god. And then I think there's. I, I didn't use Helter Skelter or Rawhide much. That's the the drill and the wire. Um, yeah, I Rawhide is it feels powerful just because you have that extra reach. But Helter Skelter, I don't know what it is. It just something about the drilling doesn't. It, it just I feel like I'd rather well, just it's slap supposed something. To be for, you know, it's supposed to be for breaking guards really easily, and then it has a big big super move where it like you basically corkscrew through a bunch of people and it like sucks everybody into it um and then there's the buster arm which is hey you remember those busters you could do in dmc4 but can't right now uh time for your buster arm and it's i actually like how giant it is compared to the other ones (laughs) 
<laughs> okay, so, since we're on the buster arm, I just want to say, like, Nero's, like, buster moves, like, his, like, cinematics where he, like, grabs something and, like, slams it are really mm. brutal in this game. Like, the one where he, like, grabs the, the scythe demon or the, the cane or whatever, and he, he straight up just, like, kind of, like, gets him in a chokehold and, like, puts a bullet in his head is, like, it's, like, super dark. Yeah, they... So, actually, it's really weird. Um, I didn't use the buster arm too much in my first playthrough. Like, I actually was very straightforward with how I played it. It was mostly using sword and gun combos. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't until I went back and was really testing out different arms and was like, damn, there's a lot you could do here. Mm. Uh, but yeah, some of his busters are like, holy shit, dude. <laughs> like, they're all, they're all really cool, but some of them are like, there's one that he does to the, uh, oh god, it's the guy that spawns more guys. You, like, warp up to him, punch him in the face, rip off his arm <clears throat> blades, and then, like, slam both of them into his head. Like, you slam them both in and p pin him to the ground. And it's like, damn, Nero. I, you I, need to calm down. I, I ain't seen that one yet, but I, like, I believe no. it. I believe it. His, his rage is in full force. His rage is in full force. Uh, uh, but, but continuing on the story, so... <laughs> You play Nero for a couple missions. You go through uh, a couple of bosses and levels. Does anything really major happen before um, you switch over to V? Uh, lady gets naked. That's about oh, it. Oh, that's true. <laughs> boy, boy, that was not a... I, I actually... Oh, okay. I do want to talk about that. Um, I flipped my shit when you walk into the room and it's like, wow, what's this weird fish thing? And it's like, that's the Artemis. And I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> for audience members who don't know... The Artemis was a devil weapon you could get in DMC3. Mm -hmm. And this starts a trend in Devil May Cry 5 where there are a lot of returning bosses from older games. Yeah. Like, there's... There, I, I actually love... Like, there's the Artemis. Um, there's Gilgamesh that shows up. There's, Wait, was Gilgamesh... Uh, oh, he I, was. He was the weapon in 4, wasn't he? Was, um... Yeah, he, he's the... The punch... The He's the gauntlets in 4. Right. And then a uh, fucking... Garyon shows up. <laughs> he does, and he's 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 an enemy for V. He's almost like a like. There's so many nice fan moments in this game that are just sort of treated like footnotes. But like yeah. for me, I was like, oh my god, it's the time traveling horse thing. I I had like a huge uh, okay. freak out when King Cerberus showed up. Mm -hmm. I just like I was just like like it's a it, King Cerberus shows up later in the game later, and you know he he's it's this big intimidating thing. But like I. I remember the Cerberus fight from three and I was just like, I guess I was giddy. Can I say I was giddy? I was just like so happy to see uh, a dude. A Cerberus. I was like, I was, I'm marking out super hard when you're looking down the hall as V and like, what the hell is that blue thing? Oh my God. It's a Garrett. It's a blue horse. <laughs> is that Garrett? And there's no way it's Gary on you walk. It's like, uh, elder Gary on night. Like, Oh my God. <laughs> but we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are, we are. Because after, after we rescue lady, from Artemis, it's like, video game says, okay, we're going to go back in time a bit. Mm -hmm. It's time to play as V. Aw, yeah. And, and uh... How'd you feel about <laughs> V's gameplay, so speaking? Like, let's, let's let's give him a little little, little love, you know? Unless you want to save that for yeah. later. Oh, no, I, I actually really like to talk about his gameplay <laughs> right now. Uh, mm -hmm. Because V's gameplay is probably the biggest surprise. I was not expecting to like it as much as I did. Mm -hmm. uh, like... I had so much fun playing as V. <laughs> he's uh, so the way he works is he's not like Nero or Dante. Uh, he he's not as he can't do the combos like Nero, and he doesn't have all the styles like Dante. So what he has to do is he has to rely on his two summons, uh, which are also big fan callbacks of 
enemies from Devil May Cry 1. It's uh, Griffin, Shadow, and Nightmare. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically I what he has that. to do is he has to... S- I, I totally miss I, I like I completely missed that until like it was pointed out to like in the in the docs like because like one one wasn't my first one in the series so I just thought they were mm-hmm. like a bunch of really fun characters like I love Griffin I think Griffin is just freaking hilarious <laughs> uh, he's he's such a great addition to V's uh, V's crew um, I actually I think Griffin uh, is kind of what makes V more endearing because. How do I put this? V looks like he'd be some edgy emo kid, but he's also got his own, like, very underplayed sense of style where he's always quoting, like, poetry, and he's always very kind of, like, mellow a bit. Mm-hmm. Um, where then, and then he's paired up with Griffin, mm-hmm. who is this loud, loudmouth, like, obnoxious guy, and it's, like, it's actually a really good dynamic. Um, I think of him as, like, the most cheerful goth um, that you could come up with. Like, you're right. He totally looks like he'd be, you know, like, he looks a little weakened because he is. He he looks like he would be sad. But he, he actually, his personality is, like, relatively, you know, like, kind of fun. Like Upbeat. Yeah. 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 He's kind of like, there's a bit where Nero's like, hey, you're going to go get the Devil Sword Sparta? I don't think it's good. He's like, you're not the only one who doesn't <laughs> think that's a good idea. It's like it's like this really good dry humor with him where you know he's kind of laughing at himself along with everyone else mm-hmm. it just it just works uh i didn't uh, know that i would be reading poetry as v until i started playing the game and like realized how his gameplay oh works. yeah that was so, such a good um, surprise v- and like I-, I love because of the nature of his gameplay like it is to your advantage to sit back and like just taunt the entire mm-hmm. time while your demons go to work and his taunts are and, awesome like i love when he plays the uh, violin or does the uh like the one yeah concerto. uh-huh he all of the characters this time around have multiple taunts at different style rankings so if you're at like an a or an s or double s or triple s they'll have different taunts for people uh v has some of the most the slickest ones i like them a lot <laughs> yeah uh, i was gonna say I, what i liked about v was did you know that you can taunt and then keep fighting? So he's just standing there like, yeah, I'm going to play this violin and uh, everybody else is just going to keep dying around me. <laughs> uh, I mean, I that's how taunts typically work, isn't it? It's just a matter of because you have well, other characters, they can fight so, for you. If I'm... Yeah, yeah. But what I mean is like Nero and Dante are on their own. Mm-hmm. So when they taunt, you have to be in a good spot where you know I'm not going to get hit while, I, while I'm taunting because uh, you lose your style ranking. Yeah. But V can taunt, and everybody can still protect him. Mm-hmm. So, uh, but yeah, I, I liked all the... Let me ask you this question. On your first playthrough, <clears throat> did you find any of the breakable walls that Nightmare could ma- open up? Uh, I found the the big one. Um, it's like one of his first missions where there's this big, like, beautiful graffiti mural, <laughs> and he just comes crashing through it, and it unlocks this, like, kind of nice little path for you to go down. Uh, I think I found a few others, but I'm sure there, there are a few I missed. There are multiple of these things, and actually, I missed almost all of them. Oh, damn. Because uh, either I wasn't summoning in the right spots or or what, but I uh, when I beat the game, I went back with a little guy to be like, okay, where are all the secrets that I missed? Where are all the blue orbs and secret missions? Um, hmm. And it was like, yeah, go here, pop, uh, summon Nightmare. It's like, oh, I didn't realize I would do that. Um, yeah. So, so you... You play both of you play two missions with with uh with V. So there's a mission where 
you, you fight, you go through the city, and I think the next one is underneath where you're being attacked by Gilgamesh. Yeah, um, that's right, that's right. And then you switch over to the Gilgamesh fight afterwards with uh, Nero. And then th- there's the mm-hmm. the subway mission where you could play as one or the other. And yeah, well, in in the story, what's actually say, uh, just to quickly go back mm-hmm. is so you beat Gilgamesh, and all, all the characters return to the van, and Lady. Uh, who was trapped inside of Artemis, wakes up and says, Hey, uh, Trish and I are captured, but I still don't know what happened to Dante. And it's at that point I'm also like, Wow, Dante might just be gone for the rest of this game. What if that was all... Like, what if all of the trailers and gameplay of Dante are going to be flashbacks and he's basically, like, gone for the most of this game? Nah. Like, I remember being (laughs) in that cutscene and watching it was like, would they have the balls to pull that? Where it's like, yeah, here's all this cool cat scenes of Dante. And it's like, yeah, those are all flashbacks to before he gets beaten by Urizen. No, you, you can't like, kill. You can't kill Dante. He's the Omega. He's subhuman. You can't. You can't do that to him. You, yeah, you gotta yeah. let him play. You gotta let him play. But in any case, we. So yeah, you're right. We um we realize that Dante is a missing. Then we do a little stint as V. Um, mm-hmm. fight the proto knights. Pretty nice, good stuff. I love their design. I that... think they look so cool. This game. Oh, proto Angelo and Scudo Angelo. They're yeah, they're yeah. really neat. Yeah, uh, they. It's kind of cool because they look like Nello Angelo, but they also look like the Angelos from uh, D- uh, DMC Four. Yeah. I like those guys too. Yeah, like I, I'm pretty sure like uh, the fight style was based off of the ones four, just because like it feels like that was a really nice enemy type, and it seems like a nice way to work that mm-hmm. in. Um, after that, I I think eventually Nero just gets to the tower, doesn't he? Like there isn't any huge plot yeah. Progression. So so after after they beat the angels um, or the Angelos, they then V and Nero decide to split up because V says I I feel the presence of the Devil Sword Sparta, and uh, it's at this point that I was like, oh shit, that's right, Sparta is just running around like that that powerful sword just somewhere. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, they keep <coughs> only talking about the sword and like. Wow, they really have just given up on Dante, huh? <laughs> we just, um, just got to find his weaponry. He, he's gone. He's gone. So Nero goes. Yeah, and you're right. So Nero goes directly into the tower, and that I think that's mission eight. Um, I just want to say that level mm-hmm. was one of the first times I've ever been legitimately creeped out in a DMC game. Huh. Um, just because I think of it the, has everything to do. Like that's the hell I, one. I think right? it has everything to do with. Yeah, I, it has everything to do with the level itself because devil may cry has always done this weird thing where when you go to hell or the demon world some places do oh it's always fire and brimstone and some places oh it's a wasteland devil may cry does what i call organic hell where everything is like like almost living tissue crawling that crawling into yeah, like the, the vein kind of yeah like the, uh, the clifoth or something like that yeah the, the clifoth tree oh by the way i want to go back for a second mm-hmm. uh the Clyphoth tree is this big thing, and it said that it's collecting. Hu- it it grows from the bottom up, which basically means that in the human world, we're looking at the roots of it, and in the demon world, it'd be like col- like miles high, mm-hmm. and that's why these roots are up here sucking human blood because it feeds on human blood. Yo, the corpses that this thing leaves behind are fu- are gross. <laughs> they are like, all you you walk past a a, a dead person <clears throat> and it crumbles away, <clears throat> and what's left is these roots that look like capillaries, and it's like ew. Like they ew. I'm not game. typically a fan of like bugs in video games in general, and and they just leaned really heavily into. 
I I think yeah. it's a cool design. Uh, like I think some of the some of the demons in this game are <clears throat> like I don't want to say the word oh they're stunning, but like they they look really cool, right? Like um, and they're even they're even cooler when you get to the model viewer and can really look at all the detail. Like you, have you ever looked at the Impusa, the ants? Uh, I didn't and seen that it. I didn't look at the ant. I looked at Griffin really close up and just was like, damn, that's a nice model right there. Good job. Yeah. If you look at the Impusa, it's actually three different human skulls like mashed together. Oh, to make what? This one bug thing. And it's like, ew. Gross. Uh, uh, enemy design is fantastic in this one. I think there's, I think the bugs are the ones that are grossest, but just like, all I was going to say is for mission eight, going up, uh, I guess going down the tree to get to Yurizen. Uh, was very creepy. And then you fight yours in. And Drew, how well does that go? Um, so if I remember correctly, you you get to a point where you're like, cool, I beat stage one. And Yurizen is just like, oh, you fucking tried? And and then he just whips your whips your button version too. You dare <laughs> not strike me? And you're like, uh-oh, <laughs> I have to leave. A mere human? <laughs> He, he gets up, there's blood everywhere, it is, it is nasty, and then he descends from the Whoa. heavens. What's this, what's this crazy red-eyed demon? What is that? Uh, uh, never mind, we'll come back to that later. It's like, there's no time for that. Damn it, video. What was V up to during this time? <laughs> uh, I definitely remember getting to that point and like, no, no, go back. Because <laughs> it's so cool. V- he just comes down in a flash and- of red light, just like, oh shit, oh shit. <laughs> But we'll get to who that mysterious devil could be, because we're talking to V. Um, and I actually like Mission 9 for V, because it was uh, going through everything, but you kind of learn a bit more about V. Uh, mm-hmm. Remember before they go into the tower, he's like, I've been here before. Yeah. Look, that was my old house. And he's yeah. walking around. This level's like, hey, do you miss mom? Do you... Hey, V, you're kind of quiet. You think about mom? And it's like, a little bit, but, you know, I don't really want to talk about it. It's like, oh, oh poor yeah. V. There, there was some... I. I just feel there was a lot of, there was some really nice character moment, and a lot of it does come from V and what he ultimately is, like, for, mm-hmm. you know, for Virgil, the fact that he represents his humanity, and the fact that he has those moments of sadness, and those kind of reflective yeah. bits. It's like, when you when you finally get that reveal, it it really clicks in a nice way. I, like, I, ha- I feel like I have a nice picture of Virgil outside of this, like, power-obsessed dude. Um, yeah, and I want to go back to what you're saying of, like, uh, actually, for all of the characters, when they're running around, there are nice little like quips that they'll say. Like sometimes Nero will be running around and he'll think of home. Uh, Dante will be running around and he'll be like, "Man, I can't believe this is happening. Uh, I wonder what these people are up to, or something like that." Mm-hmm. Or he'll say something snarky. And V usually has some like kind of insightful thing what he's thinking on. Uh, yeah. And then I think I think this mission ends with them finding the Sparta. And I want to quickly say. Dude, they redesigned the hell out of the Sparta. That is not how that looked like in one. I or I mean, four. Your your memory is going to be better than mine. Uh, in four, I ju- I just remember it had like I remember the basic silhouette of it. I don't remember a lot else. Um, I'm- I'll tell you this: mm-hmm. it did not have that giant spine running down the back of it. Oh, I see. Okay. Um, so, but we it, find it's, the Sparta. It's, okay. Yeah, you know what else we find? It's our boy, Big Dino. He's just taking a nap. He's just chilling there. That's right. Dante is asleep. And we go back in time to uh, mission 10, which is Dante's mission, where he is going up the tree initially to fight Yurizen. And it's actually kind of cool 
Because I think at this point, you see the flashback of V giving Dante the mission. And if you look really close, V kind of mouths the word Virgil. So you already know it's like, oh, something's up. Oh, there's only one person I know who could take down those ladies. You. Uh, And I like that one because it was like, at least still at that point, I was like, okay, Years in is gotta be something with Virgil. Hmm. Uh, it, it's gotta be, I, and that I—that's why I thought it was like maybe it's like Mundus controlling Virgil still from Devil May Cry One. Uh, but it was like, wow, okay, they're just gonna—they're leaning into it, and it's kind of cool because then you play the fight that you would want that the intro scene is like you—you you see Dante get beaten the fuck up and lose. Uh, I guess when you talk about Dante's playstyle right now, uh. Um, I feel like let's wait until you, until we get the uh, the big moment, the big moment, because that's when his okay. gameplay kind of opens up. Like you get that big new okay. thing. So and that's oh, like, oh. <laughs> like I, I that's two more missions. So yeah, I, I think so. He loses, and you find out that he got knocked out of the tree and was asleep for a month. And V almost kills Dante, if I remember correctly. Uh, like he's like, he's going to take the Sparta and kill, tries to kill Dante. It's like some weird fake out they did where it's like, oh, if only you hadn't blah, 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 blah. And, and he ends up like, it's like to, to scare him awake or something. Or it was a little, well, I, little I, weird, a little, little open-ended. I think it's like actually like him kind of being frustrated with the whole thing. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's, uh, so what, either way, Dante wakes up and... The very first big surprise with Dante that I had was, one, oh my god, they broke the rebellion, which they did show off in a trailer, but mm-hmm. I didn't know it would be that early. Yeah. Two, oh my god, I can't believe they just give you the Sparta this early. <laughs> they give it, to, well, I mean, it, it just... What the hell are you... It just acts like you're rebellion, like it just does the same thing. I know, but like, I guess it was more of a lore thing where it's like, wait a minute, you're just giving me sparta i thought that's usually like an end game thing we're like halfway through what what's gonna happen that this that the most powerful weapon in the series thus far is an upgrade yeah well this game has a way of just like being like and we're up in the ante and we're up in it and we're up in it so maybe that was just kind of part of it you know and Mm -hmm. you know again you know if you're if you're if you know the series you kind of know this the sparta is a big deal but if you're not then you're probably like oh cool cool he's got that sword okay and to be fair, mm-hmm. we've been, like, hyping up the sword the entire game. Like, it has been, like, we gotta get to Sparta. Gotta get to Sparta. Gotta mm-hmm. get it. Gotta get it. Yeah. But, in any case, we move on. Um, Dante goes through a city. He he meets up with... I, I assume that was Alistair, right? That was, uh, that's like, a Dumb May Cry 1 reference, right? The, uh, the big... Oh, no, guy. that's, a. Uh... That's just that's a new guy. That's that's Cavalier Knight. Oh. Uh, he, he, Cavalier's an entirely new character, uh, and it's the same deal. Trish is inside of the Cavalier Knight, and it's actually funny uh, because a lot of the stuff that the Cavalier Knight yells at you is kind of implied to be him l- looking through Trish's memories to figure out how to fight Dante, and Dante realizes that, and that's why their banter is like, "I know all your moves. I know exactly who you are." Oh, actually, I want to talk about that real quick. Uh, when you fight the Elder Garion Knight as V, mm-hmm. uh, there's a moment because w- Cavalier Knight is riding Garion. There's a moment where V says, "I know exactly what you are. Don't worry, I'll be gentle." Mm-hmm. It took me a second to realize, oh, he also knows who that is. Oh, it was just—it was just kind of cool. Where, I, where that went completely the... over my head. I did not notice that. Yeah. It, it, I, because I was trying to get an S rank in that mission, and I was like, "Oh, wait a minute, that would make sense." Hmm. Very cool. So, 
We go through, we fight Cavalier, we get the motorcycle. Vroom, vroom. <laughs> well, we get uh, the motorcycle, and, and then we get Trish, and V's like, wait, Dante, come back! And Dante just abandons Trish and V, just kind of like, says, okay, whatever, later, guys. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Uh, I almost glossed over that. We find out who V is in this in this cutscene. Oh, let's talk about that. Let's talk about the reveal. Because for me, so, it was confirmation. For you, it was... Uh, was it completely new? Was it completely out of left field for you? Or, like, how, how did you take that in? Uh, it was... So we. So just so the audience members, so you know, what it turns out to be is that Virgil, after loss after loss, and actually in this timeline, after escaping from hell, basically battered and bloodied, uh, he goes and steals Nero's arm... Uh, and then goes back to their house and uses the Yamato to sever his demon half and his human half from from himself. And V is his human half. I did not see that coming at all. But I was also not fully surprised. Because I knew V had to have something to do with Virgil. Mm-hmm. And I knew the guy in the cloak was most likely Virgil. I just didn't think they were going to go with the... Hey, remember how Yamato could cut open portals and like cleave thing and like open things i didn't realize that they i don't know if this is new i don't know if the yamato's always done this where it was like yeah yamato cleaves uh human from demon and so when he virgil stabs himself with the yamato it i think that's when it clicks like oh okay i see what's going on now yeah i um i think it's a retcon i i think it's a new thing but i because in three, like the rebellion well, and the Yamato didn't really have anything special about them, other than they were like you know Dante and Virgil's right. weapons. And right, uh, I guess in four, like it was kind of probably <clears throat> there was probably some more lore research or something because it played a pretty big role in that game. The sword, anyway. yeah. I, I don't know if it's a retcon so much as more of a, an expanding on it, like because mm-hmm. uh, in a later cutscene, the rebellion is found out to it does have a power. Uh, oh, but yes. I feel like Yamato yes, was always like, hey. It's it's opening portals and doing this. What is it actually doing? Well, it's it's tearing open, uh, it's severing demon and human, and you know doing stuff like that. So I feel like it was kind of an expansion of its power. Um, I just I really like that cutscene. I was kind of blown away by that. Mm-hmm. I also especially liked when V is sitting there talking to Trish, who is you know kind of a weird clone of Dante and Virgil's mom, and he's like, "Do you think I did the right thing?" And Trish is like, "I'm not your mother, V." It's like, only you'll know what's right. And like, damn. Shots fired. That's harsh. (laughs) But I will say it was, it was a good moment for Trish. I will say like her getting to actually be like, oh my God, I'm not your mommy. Like it was good. I like that. I like, well, I think it's because Dante also had to have that moment in one where it's like, Mm. why am I protecting you? You know, I'm not your mom's like, yeah, you're not my mom, but you look like her. And that's making this very difficult to not want to protect you. Uh, But now we're in episode 12 and Dante goes through a kind of cool mission where you're filling up these blood puddles. But, dude, that's not why people remember Mission 12. Why do people remember Mission 12? Um, okay, so you're right about that. I did love that mission. But they remember it because that's when Dante heads over to his old home and he realizes, oh, this is where I used to live. And he has a, a revelation that he's been stabbed with his sword so many times. And the first time he was stabbed, mm-hmm. it awakened some demonic power inside of him. So he takes the broken bits of rebellion, stabs himself with, and becomes a a demon god. Like he he gets like a whole new level of devil trigger and just becomes it, this massive, crazy OP character. And is glorious. The game calls it Sin Devil Trigger, mm. um, and it's but it's essentially super. It's a super devil trigger. Mm. Um, 
Well, I, I like I, I like how he just becomes a kaiju. Like he, he's basically a kaiju at this point. He's, he's giant. <laughs> like he's pretty. Like he's not as big as Yurizen because when they do a side by side comparison, he's still not as big. But he's bigger than Dante's ever been in his Devil Trigger form. Mm. Uh, I just like this cool thing uh, where he's like, okay, he has that revelation of like, okay, I was stabbed with this and it woke in demonic power. What if I were to stab myself again with it and like try to you activate some kind of power? And you realize that. What rebellion, if Yamato cleaves demon from human, then rebellion fuses demon and human. Dante stabs himself with rebellion, and I think me and Griffin had the exact same response of, Oh my god, he's absorbing the Sparta! (laughs) What what does that mean? And he becomes, and then you realize, uh, I'll I'll be entirely honest, when that giant red devil shows up in mission eight mm-hmm. i was like oh that's gotta be dante oh, you know but it was dante. cool to see it confirmed here oh yeah yeah i i i just uh, i wanted i love that line griffin has where like dante is like getting ready to do it and he's just like hey what are you doing there's a big problem kill yourself later i'll help just like ah yeah i love that <laughs> i like that was a good line griffin is um, so good <laughs> there was the nice detail i actually I think that because of the higher fidelity of this game, they were able to make a lot of the weapons look better. I think that's that's why they redesigned the Sparta. But one thing I don't remember ever being on the Rebellion was half of the sword is a human skull, and on the other half is a demon skull. Oh. And I think the Rebellion, if you look at it, was always supposed to be human and demon fused into one, which is, you know, what Dante is. Oh. Uh, and I thought that was a neat, neat touch. Dante then goes... Back to where Yurizen and Nero are fighting. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have what I think was one of the biggest, oh my god, moments of the game. L- new legendary sword, Dante. <laughs> the demon sword, Dante, or whatever. <laughs> it- there we go. Yeah, yeah. New legendary demon sword, Dante. I was sitting in my chair going, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> it's such and a then, good moment. And then he he's in his like super mode. He, like, pulls the sword out. It, the sword opens up and starts... He starts creating summoned swords. And it's like... Ah! Yeah. yeah! Yeah! You know, you you are a legend. You have surpassed your father. It's so good. It's so good. I, I, wonder, uh, I have to wonder if people who are new to the series would understand the meaning behind that. But even still, like, it's, it's a lot of hype thrown at you very quickly. Like, for me, that moment just kind of came out of nowhere. And just when it started rolling, it was just like... What's weird? So many things at once. I think what's weird is I'm almost surprised that Capcom spoils the hey, Virgil's going to be in this in in the, one of the trailers. Uh, and in some of the trailers, you do see Dante holding Demon Sword Dante, but they never, ever tell you what that is. And I feel like they left that for the... They left this for that big moment because I don't think anybody saw that coming that, oh yeah, that's Dante's new sword. Well, like, it, like, like, it adds a new a new devil trigger. Like... Like the 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 sin the sin devil trigger. It's unique to this game, and it's really cool. Like I I love saving it up if I know there's mm-hmm. like a big boss coming up, and I I have yet to fully unlock well, all of its capabilities. But it, yeah. it's super cool to have this amazingly overpowered thing you can eventually dip into. Um, yeah, I do like how they how I it guess changes. it's a good time to. Oh, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I, I was gonna say uh, now that we I feel like this is the part you're talking about. I feel like this would be a good time to talk about dante's gameplay oh let's do it he's about to fight Yurizen. um so dante still has his four styles that he has that he's always had trickster Swordmaster, royal guard and gunslinger and they all start pretty generic but that 
completely changes when you unlock Demon Sword Dante. Uh, I think more importantly, it's because Swordmaster gets completely overhauled. It does. Entirely. It does. Which threw me through a loop for a while, just because I was so used to kind of my old way of playing that losing the way Prop Shredder and like some of the more classic worked. Like, it, mm-hmm. I love having the uh, the Flame Swords, like like having having basically Virgil's skill as something that, you know, Dante can do now is very satisfying mm-hmm. and very fun. Um, <clears throat> I will say, like, I it did require a little change up. It did require a little change up for me. Yeah. Totally worth now, it. Totally I, worth it. But a little adaption was necessary. What's interesting is that that change is not universal. It is only when you have Demon Sword Dante out. So if like if you go back and use the Rebellion or the Sparta, they it goes back to the old one where it's like, okay, if you're in Swordmaster mode, you do these things. But if you have Demon Sword Dante on, now uh well, actually, it threw me for a really big loop, and I think my favorite, favorite change was Aerial Rave used to be a Swordmaster exclusive skill. It is now just a basic skill that Demon Sword Dante has, so you can actually do really good air combos. You don't have to, like, I don't have to do Trickster to get close, launch them, then switch to Swordmaster and do Aerial Rave. I can just keep in that one style. Oh, yeah, I... I actually really like using Trickster, like in uh, in three. It's typically my fallback once I've like leveled up uh, Swordmaster completely. And the fact that mm-hmm. like to me it just feels like a really good quality of life upgrade because it, Aerial Rave is effectively essential. Like it, it's so valuable. There's so much you get out of it, and remapping it so that you can just have it is it's really nice. Like I I really appreciate it. I I love all the tweaks they did to the style system. Actually, um, mm-hmm. just um. Because, like, in 4, it felt like they just made it so that you had everything. And it felt, like, a little much. And I, I didn't really... Mm-hmm. I didn't really like the way it handled in 4. I kind of was, um... I missed how in 3, like, there was that leveling up that went through. And I like how they brought that yeah, back for this. Yeah. I, I liked how... I liked having all of the styles in 4. But, um, it became a little too much, yeah. I feel like, at times. Where, and it's weird because this one has the same amount of styles and even more weapons and there's even more stuff, but I feel like they kind of introduce things. And then when they, this was the first time I think I've only, I've gone through missions exclusively using Swordmaster and that's strictly because Demon Sword Dante's there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I can't tell you how much that weapon like changes that system that I loved it so much. Uh, I loved learning all of the, the cool things to do with like, okay, if I attack now, I can hit circle and get additional follow-ups. Um, I think the only move that he that it loses is round trip, but like you get that with the summon swords still. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you can't just throw the sword. Um, I I think you can get round. You can get something where you throw the sword itself. It's like a I think it's like a level three or level four swordmaster. I I I really do love how they well, like you, added you a can. level four. Like I was so used to love like three levels, and now that they have a new one, mm. and there's like more crazy shit you get to do with four is just yeah. Well, you you level. I think it's level three swordmaster gets you round trip, but that's only with rebellion and Sparta. Mm. You don't get it with uh, Demon Sword Dante. Oh, that's cool. I think cool. the only way to do round trip with because uh, I believe back. Uh, I think it was like holding circle. Um, how did you, how did you do round trip? It was it was like circle back uh, R one back circle does uh, something different with Demon Sword Dante. I, I remember that. Mm, like I because uh, 
I think it I think it is different. I know that they changed the way you can still do uh dance macabre, which is beautiful and I love it. I love the big one, two, three slam. Um, but it's a little different. It's not just like like go forward with it. Now you gotta do like that little back move. Um Yeah, you have to do a back for a back Oh my god, I can't talk about it. How did, how did you feel about uh, the rebalancing of Gunslinger? Because I feel like this is the first time Gunslinger has been like a viable strategy of the games, whereas before it was kinda mm. like this fun thing to do. But here like the guns get so much love that they can they can genuinely carry you if you want to do it that way. And I personally really like a lot of what Gunslinger gets, even if it's not always the optimal way to play, just because so much of it is so flashy and fun to have. Um, and just, uh, yeah. like the style uh, system, okay, I, so I am so hyped on the style system this game. I think it's so good. It's so good. Mm-hmm. And the weapon. Uh, so here's what I, it is. I, I guess it's we should hold off on the weapons discussion. Um, yeah. yeah. Uh, the only thing I was going to say is, uh, with Devil's Sword Dante, it's R1 back this like normal sword doesn't mm-hmm. do anything mm-hmm. uh and because sword but r1 back circle uh or sword master button does uh like super high time where you do where it does the multiple swords mm-hmm. high time version yeah uh but anywho so super dante and yeah i love i love that super dante has its own move list mm-hmm. by the way like i don't think i've used most of them but i do like that they're there there's this one move called the uh, loose and you just like shoot a bunch of like fire people, um, like these little like mm-hmm. fiery missiles, and that's cool, that's great. But I just love the fact that it's called the loose, and it's like, it's <laughs> so good. Yeah. Uh, um, I, I guess we should continue so, with the story then, I suppose. Yeah. So Dante kind of beats uh, yours and back, and then he's like, "I'm actually done with this. This is this is stupid. I'm leaving." Uh, I'm the Clyphon is now entirely revealed, and I'm going to where the fruit is. What, what, Flips everybody off and says bye. What's that thing you say? Like I'm picking up my ball and I'm going. <laughs> I, you didn't win. I'm leaving. <laughs> um, and then we get uh all of the ma- all of the warriors are here, and we get I think the first new weapon. Oh no, sorry, no, because it is it is Demon Sword Dante. You get their first new gun. Which is Dr. Faust. We need to talk about that cutscene where you get Dr. <laughs> Faust. Um, we can. I do want to point out that after getting like the Demon Sword Dante, the fact that the game's just like, here, have another weapon. Just just go crazy. And you don't even have to fight anyone for it. Kind of cool. Kinda well, fun. yeah, because it's supposed to be like, I think it was like Nico was like, yeah, I was holding on to this. And it's like, Nico, why was your first design to make a hat? Like a demon hat. <laughs> But then Dante puts it on. And it's like this is the coolest thing in the world. Never mind. He um uh, that that Michael Jackson dance, yo. That uh yeah yeah that was a pretty good one. I like that cutscene a lot. I like that modders on PC are modding all of the character models in so you can see everybody doing it. What? Oh, I have a thing to do. If after you want to see uh, if you want to see Virgil or V do that dance, I absolutely you can. do. I absolutely. Uh, I, I, yeah. I, I love how Nico is so it... giddy about, like, Dante liking her weapon. She's just like, yeah! 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 Like, yeah. <laughs> Trish is just like, uh, oh my god, this cannot stand. This is stupid. Oh, and then, um, then they just like, okay, that happened. And then they, like, go off to the level, I suppose. Yeah. It's a big three-way it's race. because uh, Mission 13 is, is one of the last parts where there is multiplayer. And I want to talk about the multiplayer just for a second because mm-hmm. uh, it's actually only used... It, it's used very very much throughout the game where like somebody's mission like in mission two nero might be doing something but and in mission four you'll see 
like ghost data of somebody playing that mission later. Uh, but there's actually very few missions where you can select a character, and I think it's only like mission seven and mission thirteen. Yeah, that you can pick somebody. That threw me through a loop because like there's only two missions where you get to pick someone, and it, it seems like mm-hmm. like it's cool that I can do that. I just I'm I'm wondering why they limited that two minutes like. It felt a little odd. Um, mm-hmm. And I know that doesn't have anything to do with the multiplayer, but it does seem kind of... It feels like there were cool ideas. It is weird. And uh, then maybe they just didn't like follow through yeah. completely. Because it, it's like it's cool that it's there, but I don't really need it. And as far as the so multiplayer... For in- oh, sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. For, for, for audience members, and this is to hopefully kind of describe maybe what's happening, is that Mission 7 and 13 are the only ones where it says, okay, pick a character. But what will happen is, is if a character is playing a a mission, like let's say you play a mission as Nero, and uh, the next mission after is V doing that same thing but in his own mission, what you'll actually see is your ghost data from playing Nero replaying uh, the scenes in your mission as V. So, like, let's say you you did some crazy move in Nero's mission and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. When you play V's mission, you can actually look at where Nero should be and see yourself doing those moves. Oh, I thought it was supposed and, to be another player who's doing it. Like, um... Well, I, it's weird because there's, like, an offline version and an online version. Uh, another example of this is when Dante is fighting that, mi- that fight with Yurizen in mission 10... Mm-hmm. That fight scene will actually be playing through in the prologue. Oh, that's kind of cool. Like, you know when Nero's running around and you look down and it's like, oh, hey, I can see Dante fighting. Mm-hmm. That's weird. Interesting. Uh, it's just kind of a weird system that I'm not... I'm glad it's there. It's a, such a neat little mechanical thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually in missions... After 13, they do this race and then the next three missions are the diverging paths where... Each of them goes their own path through the the Clyphoth, but uh, you can actually see everybody else at some point. Where you get to a point, and it's like, oh hey, there's everybody else, hmm. and it's just kind of odd. Yeah, it it's something where I, I guess I'm with you. I, I I guess I don't even like. I don't know if it's good that it's there. It's just it's there and it's non-invasive, and I guess someone wanted it, but you know, I guess they want. I guess to- what I like is is be. Is because it's a, it's kind of a neat thing to think about while you're playing the game. That's like, oh hey, you can watch somebody else do this mission because the game is set up in this way of like you're constantly inter like their paths are constantly intersecting. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't use it much, but it also the game didn't force it upon me, so I was like, eh, whatever. Yeah, that's a good way of looking at it. It's a very oh cool part of the game. Um, mm-hmm. So then at that point, I guess our boys get split up. They're they're all kind of racing towards the fruit the the fruit that that urzen is going to eat to become the king of the underworld and the true demon bastard guy i'm gonna be the coolest guy uh the coolest big boy around and i think this is when we get our last mission yeah um yeah yeah so v goes through and he gets uh he's kind of weakening and it's very visible now that you know now that you know he's virgil's human side you realize that he is constantly losing power and he fights these shadow versions of the of some of the previous bosses. Yeah. Which I initially thought, oh, that's kind of lame that this is just a boss rush. But then I, I it kind of grew in me of like, oh no, it's it lets you try everybody else out as a different character. And I thought that was kind of cool. I actually, I actually thought like, it was these a are... pretty cool mission for him, just because his playstyle is so different from Dante and Nero that mm-hmm. the fact that he's just like 
to him, he's just fighting these new demons. And there's that caveat of you kind of got to like pick which fighters you get back. Like I, I admit you're right. It's not unique new bosses, but it wasn't like an egregious mm. boss. But the way you go fight. about it is yeah. new. Yeah. Yeah. It was like, okay, uh, this, this is, this is fun. This is actually kind of a nice way to cap this character off. If he's going to have a big final mission. Yeah. You know, it, it, um, I, I think it was his last mission that you get to play as him, right? It is because the last bit is him kind of coming up on Malthus and Malthus is there going, I smell a human. And then Nero's like, uh-uh, don't smell nothing. That's right. Nero, and then you go back and play. Nero comes along and beats uh, out. You go beats back up, and play Nero's mission. Yeah. Beats up that big chicken, I guess. I, I will say, I, I don't know why it was a chicken. I don't know. Maybe there's some like reference there. I'm sure. Well, I think. If I, if I remember correctly, Malthus is like a crow demon kind of deal. And I fe- I think that <clears throat> what it is, it, it's these three witches that have been weirdly fused on top of this giant, like, crow demon thing. But it's, like, horribly malformed now. Mm-hmm. You kind of get the sense that Yurzen was trying to do what Rebellion does. where Because he's like, I'm going to take this human and this demon flesh. Wow, new devil. And it's like, but I beat it. And it's like, okay, what if I took devil and devil? Wow, that thing turned out terribly. It's like, here's and you're not good at this. Well, you know, he he just wants his power. He's the power obsessed part of Virgil, which is you know, yeah, is what it is. In any case, uh, I want to talk about uh, you want to talk that about mission just real quick sure. because I remember going through with uh, Nero's. So you beat the mission with V, and you go to the next mission with Nero, and you you go through this whole like kind of obstacle course kind of deal mm-hmm. did you find the hidden obstacle course of ride the rocket through and get everywhere i did not i did not find so that. when you get to the first divine uh divine statue in that level if you walk past it a special cutscene plays and the camera pans through this entire obstacle course of hey there's a blue orb fragment and a secret mission back there if you can get there oh, cool. it's like holy holy shit i didn't know that dude i did not know that no i again like i'm going through son of sparta right now so there's a lot of goodies that i'm hoping to pick up <clears throat> when i went to when i did devil hunter i just kind of wanted to i kind of wanted to just like beat it so like i did a few of the special missions but nothing to nothing that was requiring too much time i just like i wanted to see what was going on next see the next weapon i got um mm-hmm. So then, so then we get to, like you said, Mephilus and Virgil, or not Virgil, V and Nero get reunited. And then I believe mm-hmm. we just cut over to Dante, who has his, his stints fighting uh, the guard dog demon, King Cerberus, the biggest, baddest boy of them all. <laughs> That's right. He's the biggest, he's the biggest good boy ever. He's the, that's what I kept saying. I'm just like, oh, he's such a, he's so big and strong. He's such a, such a good boy. Also, <laughs> what an asshole. I mean, I, I, I'm going to be honest in my first run of devil hunter. Mm-hmm. That was the first boss fight that I had to use a gold orb on Ooh, nice. because I was so used to playing, uh, devil may cry three. that when I saw like, Oh, it's a Cerberus. Oh, whatever. I'm sure I can style on him. And it's like, no, I am King Cerberus. I am very different. It's like, uh Oh, I took you for, I, underestimated you okay i'm glad i'm not the only person who felt that way because like there's a there's a line where dante says like huh i remember these moves from from way back in the day and i was like i'm still getting my ass handed i'm still i'm still yeah. still getting beat up pretty bad here uh, I, I love the weapon uh, you get from him and then too. you get the king yeah the, the, the king you get the cerberus. king cerberus weapon yeah uh, that thing is so cool i love that one there's a returning weapon but two that there are um uh, different forms to it because now 
it's like, yeah, it makes sense. Why would a Cerberus be all ice? And it's like, well, it's not. It's because it's ice, fire, and thunder. Yeah. That's that's really cool. I, I feel like it's I feel like it's their way of combining all the weaponry. Like you've got the, the Cerberus, you've got kind of Navon's stuff with the electricity and like kind of like shooting it forward. And even the fire kind of reminds me of Agni and Rudra. Like, I know that's not 100% it, but it feels like a really nice nostalgia weapon, you know? And mm-hmm. it's good to see Dante's twirling it in his hand again and have having a good time. Having a good time. Having a good time. I, I do really like uh, that weapon, yes. though. It's so flashy. Like, I want to get better it at it. I, I want to like get better at it. Like, I, I still don't main anything because all the weapons are so fun to use. I just kind of, oh, I'm on this one now, you know? I will say... I think we forgot to actually talk about two weapons. Like, we mentioned the Cavalier, but we didn't actually say what it is. It's a motorcycle that then splits into two. Like, it splits down the middle, and it gets used as dual, like, giant club kind of deals. Mm-hmm. But they have, like, the spinning blades on them. And then there's the Balrog, which is the probably the coolest. It's probably the only time I've ever actually really put time into using the gauntlets. Really? And it's a set of, it's a set of gauntlets and greaves that you switch between, uh... I think it's like back uh, sword move. You'll switch between punch and kicks. I love that thing. That thing's amazing. I I I never really got the handle for it. Like the the double moves with it, like the kick versus the punching. Like I still kind of need to master how to swap between them because right now I just get it and I just kind of like I'll get a combo going, but I feel like it can go deeper. Like it it's a weapon that mm-hmm. I feel like could um, become very very useful, but I need to invest more time in. Yeah, is that is that, then, is that I was gonna say is that every Dante weapon so far? I think that we. Th- uh, oh, and, and the Doctor Faust because what the Doctor Faust is, it's a hat that you wear. Uh, fun fact: that hat is from one of the enemies in DMC Four called a Faust. Oh yeah, that's right. It's it's the weird cowboy thing that tips his hat at you. Uh, apparently, Nico took one of those and merged its soul into an actual hat and that weapon is goofy and weird and i have barely used it but it, it's fun to look look at it gives you a nice <laughs> little red scarf and i have had a lot of fun with it it's it's a wonderful farming um weapon and i i love that's really cool that it actually ties into four and ties into nico kind of you know she's the daughter of the space pope right like the uh like the baddie from that game uh no, she's the daughter of the stuttering scientist, Agnes. Oh. That's why, that actually, a really neat callback was when Nico is handing Dante the Faust hat, mm-hmm. she starts stuttering because it's a family thing that she has. Oh. He's like, hey. Oh my God, um, I missed that. I missed that. Actually, that makes sense then. Because it's a, it's like a they, cool callback. They do have the same skin complexion. Mm-hmm. Cool. Oh, see, Adam, you know uh, all these little details that I don't know, and it's so nice. It's yeah. so nice that you're bringing. I'll them tell up. you this. I just want to say, Devil May Cry Five in general really does feel like it was made for fans of like the series. Like this is like almost like a fan tribute game of how much side stuff gets pulled in, how many like small tidbits get pulled in. Like Nell Goldstein gets actually like play in this game, and it was she's from like the novels that were written whenever ago, mm. and it's like. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, no, it, it, but anywho. it definitely feels like a fan game. But like you said, now it's time to... Now it's time, I believe, we get to the, the big confrontation. Part one. That's right. <laughs> Yurizen is down at the top of the tree. And he's like, 
Wow, look at this apple. This looks really good. I'm going to eat this. I'm, I'm going to eat, eat this apple. And Dante has a moment where it's like, hey, this illusion reminds us at home. By the way, mom loved you too. You don't have to be a jackass. Oh. And I'm like, oh man, this, this is like some drama. I didn't know. That's actually, it was actually a neat scene because it was like, uh, you get the impression. There was an earlier cutscene we didn't mention where Dante has a flashback to when his mother died. Hmm. And Dante was in the house and his mom kind of hides him away while the house is being attacked and it's on fire and stuff. And he's like, you need to stay here be safe i'll come back for you and she ends up trying to find virgil mm-hmm. and dies from it from yeah. I, I assume the demons got her or something and uh for you kind of get the impression from the cutscenes with v and from this one that uh virgil felt like he was abandoned by his human family and that's why he idolizes his his uh demon heritage yeah but it was but his as dante reveals is like no she really did try to find you uh even though it cost her her life and he at this point, you know, he severed human from demon and the demon half is just having none of it. And he's like, yeah, I must still eat this apple and eats this apple and we have a boss fight. We, we have big boss that, fight. We have we have big. That was a pretty tough boss fight, I'll be honest. Oh, dude, he was mean. He was a big meanie. And I was like, oh, I just. You are foolish. Kick in the head. Like, ow. Let uh, me enlighten say- you. <laughs> big goofy voice I, I was also the same way of like i don't want to use my gold orbs i want to i want to just if i get a game over I'll, I'll just you know redo it i definitely hit a point with the story it's like all right i don't fucking care i need to know what happens oh yeah take these gold orbs i don't care oh yeah 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 like i definitely had moments like that uh, it's, you know there were a few moments throughout the game where it's like no this is important i need to do this i need to do this right Ugh. so so, so we, we beat urizen we beat urizen and and then nero and v show up and nero's like wow I can't believe we did it. We're so this is so great. And V's like, hold on, let me do it. It's like I wouldn't. I V, what you doing? I, at that point, like I'm shocked. Dante was even like, oh yes, you are absolutely ar- allowed to go near this like giant dying other half of you. Like, uh. well, I think it's implied that Dante actually ha- still has no idea. It's weird because the player knows, but neither of the character knows. No, Dante knew that that's what V is. Dante knew timeline wise. He knew. You could argue he see. Oh no, that V was. Yeah, he. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because like there was. Um... Well, because I was gonna say. At least I. I, I was gonna I say in the story. I thought he knew. Point. I, I did. I don't think he does. I think. I think Dante knows that Urizen is Virgil. I don't think he actually knows what's up with V. And that's why he's surprised when... Uh, spoiler! This is the big thing. V stabs uh, Urizen and comes back as Virgil. I think that's why he's also surprised of like, wow... Uh, right, but after- you've got some big cojones for showing up. Right, but afterwards, like he explains remember, it to Nero, though. He says, like, ah, uh, he... He, they they came back together. He 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 merged with his other form, and now they're back to being Virgil. I I feel like Dante explained it. Though. I I feel like a no, lot of the plot it, makes sense if Dante knew it. But you know maybe. Well, from what I remember of the game, uh, Nero and V tells Nero, "Hey, I'm kind of related to Yurizen," but doesn't actually tell them. I think he I think when V tells Nero. He's very being very loof, like, oh, yeah, it was Dante's brother. So Nero knows it's Dante's brother, but nobody actually knows that V is Virgil mm. at that point. Mm. Uh, and that's that's why in a later mission, Dante's like, damn it, V, was this your plan all along? Of like, oh, I guess he didn't know. I, uh, but we had a big. I think he knew. I was gonna say we have a big moment to go for. We do. We do have a big moment to go forward with. I, I don't know. I I don't think he did. But all that matters is so Virgil's back. And they start having a bit of a fight, and then uh, 
Nero's like, let me help you. I can do it. He's like, no, no, no. You can't do it. He's like, he's like, why the hell not? He's like, because, because he's your father. I was like, oh. <gasps> it's because he's hey, dead weight. Weird. It's because he's dead weight, Adam. That's all there is to it. It's oh. nothing else. He's just a giant pile yeah, of dead right. weight. Oh, I feel bad for it. But no, I actually really liked that scene because one, I already knew that Nero was Virgil's son. And somehow that scene, the way it was acted and portrayed, still got me of like, <gasps> oh, wait a minute. I knew that. <laughs> Uh, and two, I like the line of, now look, I didn't tell you because even though your father needs an ass kicking, I can't have you killing your own dad. It that's, just, just, it, that's just not right. It's just not right. It's not all right. I I feel like Dante just likes to fight for I feel like I feel like he just kind of wanted to beat up his mother. I, th- I feel like he's not completely I in the too. right here. I feel like a part of it is just like, no, like the human world has bored me. I just want to go beat up my brother because it makes me happy. Uh... <laughs> Yeah, and that could, I guess my read of it was uh, Dante already had to, because you remember DMC3, he's actually really emotional that he, he killed, like, Virgil is seemingly dead. H- hence the whole devils may cry thing. That's why I was confused by Virgil's motive, because it says when we have the reveal cutscene that he just wanted to, he had one final thing to do. He had to, he had to defeat his brother. And after three, mm. and after what happens in one where he's corrupted and possessed and it's a whole big sad sad, I feel like, mm-hmm. I feel like getting back so he can beat up his brother, like, it feels kind of petty. Like, it doesn't seem, I thought if anything, it would just be he doesn't I, care. But the fact that his motivation uh-huh. was to so, get back at his brother seemed a little out there for, you know? Here was my, here was my read on it. I think it, because in DMC3, Dante is really sad that, that they had this kind of split. And I think it's kind of implied that he was, he knows how hard that was to do. So he's not going to let Nero, who is essentially his nephew, go through that same kind of thing. That's why he's like, no, I don't want you doing this. This is my fight with him. Mm-hmm. Uh, for Virgil, the idea, mm-hmm. they kind of hint on mm-hmm. it in the next mission, uh, 18, where um, they're kind of having a battle of existence where one says... It's be- I am powerful because I am- I embrace my humanity. The other one says I'm powerful because I, I only rely on my demon power. And mm. so they're basically having a battle of I- ideology and Virgil. Yeah, even after three and after one and all the stuff just can't come to terms with that. I almost get the sense that he really wasn't expecting that split to go the way it was. Like he thought he could control his demon half. Hmm, uh, maybe. But what ended up happening is the person that was Virgil was in his human part. That's why he has the memories of his home and his brother. And Yurizin is more like... If you'll notice, Yurizin's more simple-minded. He's mm-hmm. more like, hey, Dante, I'm going to fight you. And it's all of his anger. Mm-hmm. Uh, so that's where I kind of get the motivation of... Because even think about that. V goes to Dante to stop his other half. So it's like, I don't think V, like Virgil really expected things to get out of hand and then Yurizen did become his own thing and then try to become the demon king i i can see that all makes sense i can see that i like my inner fan canon is that's v's interpretation of what virgil was doing but even he refers to virgil as that man so it's possible that he even he doesn't have a full read on what was going through the guy's head i yeah no like it's i think that's kind of the the gist it's like You've literally split a person in two. Neither of them really knows what the other was thinking. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so maybe, maybe something 18. like that. But Mission 18, Mission 18. Yeah. Let, let, let's, let's hop into Mission 18. Mission 18 is, 18. A, Mission 18 is <clears throat> really cool because now that Virgil is awake, you find out that all of the summons V had were just his memories hmm. of his time as Nello Angelo. Hmm. And Dante then has to fight 
all of the old enemies from DMC one. So good. And there's a there's a, oh it was so good. It's like wow I get to fight a baby Griffin and a shadow. Man fuck I forgot how hard it is to fight shadows and then fight a nightmare. It's like man fuck everybody. <laughs> oh it was fun. It was uh, fun. But that one I uh, oh mission eighteen you do get the the Kalina Ann two. Yeah. Do and. If you were cool and got the Kalina Ann 1, which is a secret weapon, you now get the double Kalina Ann. You get to dual wield rocket launch. And that alone, just a, a wonderful tagline for this game. Dual wield mm-hmm. rocket launch. I, I like that weapon. I like having the Kalina Ann out. I like having two of them at once. It feels right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's almost a so, footnote. Like so you almost then, forget you even got it because every weapon has been so hype that you're just like, oh, it's hard to keep track. Mm-hmm. Yeah, clean hand is definitely a pretty cool weapon in there. Well, you, you got uh, to I dual used wield it a little it, right? bit. You got to dual wield it, right? I did. Yeah, I actually was blown away when it was like, hey, double clean hand because like, oh my god, I didn't realize you they would even let you have both on. This is nuts. And then you get to fuse them um, together and shoot a laser out of them. Which doesn't make any oh. sense, but I don't care. Oh, don't read into it. Just let it happen. I mean, I, I understand that's how this game works. That's how these weapons work. I understand that you can't just turn a lady into a guitar, but somehow they made it happen in the past. They can make mm. anything happen. Mm. The point is, we beat up Little Chicky, and Little Chicky is very sad. And Little Chicky is Griffin. Oh. Um, and there's a nice little moment where Dante says goodbye to his comic relief bad guy villain who has to go away now. And R.I.P. R.I.P. Now we fight Virgil at the top of the Clyfoth. We sure do. uh, I like how in this in this fight, there's actually very little there's very little talking of between them. Like they they both know what what they're going to do. Like I get you get the sense that they have both heard each other's like beliefs and philosophy on life. And it's like, no, let's just get to this. I mean, and boy, that fight's pretty tough. It's what the entire game's leading up to. It's just, you know, it's Dante v. Virgil. It's what they want. It's what we want. And they give it to us. And they give it to us in glorious HD. And mm-hmm. it's a ton of fun. It's a great fight. I I love the, the optional kind of like cutscene or so where like Virgil can stab you and he kind of taunts you about it. He's just like, ah, oh, just like old time. It's like, like, there's, like there's a lot of good going you, on Virgil. there. And like it is, uh-huh. it is just kind of like a cracked out version of like V three from uh, the third game, uh, which I appreciate. Mm-hmm. I, I quite like. Um, they throw doppelganger in. I actually, which like, I thought was pretty nice, a nice little nod to DMC, which I thought was pretty cool, and it worked really that's well. That's actually a, an interesting thing. Uh, more than any other character, Virgil took a lot of things from DMC and integrated here. Like I don't remember the Yamato ever like when you slash opening portals. That mm-hmm. was something from DMC, like a visual thing that I remember from DMC, though. Oh, you know, you're right. And then, of course, of course, that. like Virgil using doppelgangers and stuff like that. That was something from DMC, not not DMC three. It, it makes me happy that so, they didn't just throw that game under the bus. They actually like said, "Hey, no, yeah. there's some good stuff here. We're gonna just extract it and use it in our own." Way. I uh, I appreciated mm-hmm. that. But um, what were you, but now did you have any thoughts on the fight though? Any any additional thoughts on the Virgil three fight? Because it was tough. It was pretty tough. It's pretty dramatic. It's at the top of a big old tree in space. You know. Oh, it was it was just a cool fight. I think that's all I had to say on that one. I again, I remember you getting a uh a game over. It's like, do you want to use a gold orb? I'm like, I have to know what happens next. Yes, <laughs> just use it. Come on, let's go. Uh, I like that Virgil gets a sin devil trigger as well in this one. 
and he'll use it in the fight and like start flying around and like dive bombing you. He he just yells, and now you die. Just oh Wee. god, it's so great, so nice. It is cool. And so they're they're um, fighting. They're 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 talking about Nero. They're 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 putting it all aside and they're charging towards each other. And then another and suddenly, demon shows up. Who could it be? I don't know, but he's kind of human esque. And he's got a similar color scheme to another character who, a few hours earlier, we start looking was, at. Yeah, it tar- Nero is walking around and finds a payphone. Of course. Which, I'll be honest, the payphones have been everywhere, and I don't know why I didn't expect to find one at the top of the Clyphoth, where he's like, I don't know what to do. Do I... I wanted revenge, but that means killing my father. And... But if I don't stop them, he's going to kill Dante, and I don't want him to kill Dante. And I actually, uh, and then he calls up Kyrie, and he's like, you always know what's right. And he's like, I'm going to have my dramatic run. I'm not. Oh, <laughs> uh, I like that line a lot, Drew, of I'm not letting you die. Because <laughs> he's like, uh, and I, at least for me, I felt a more like family kind of bond from that of like, he now realizes that he's related to Dante and Dante's been trying to yeah, yeah, like, no, I get keep that. out for him. And he's like. If I do nothing, Dante could die, and I, I can't let that happen. So he goes up, and he's the demon that break, like stops Virgil and Dante from fighting, and is, he has this big moment of I can't. Neither neither of you is gonna die here. Like I'm not gonna let either of you die. Kind of deal. It's also worth pointing out uh, that during this charge up, he just kind of decides to grow his arm back. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, I it, totally. This is the. Uh, this is, uh, Itsuno said at the panel yesterday, the entire scenario was written for this moment right really? here. Of, it, the entire scenario was written for that moment of Nero awakening his devil trigger and stopping the, what is kind of like an endless clash between the two brothers. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he, he stops one and then Virgil's like, get out of the way. And he's like, no, I, I won't. It's like, fine. If I, I'll just have to beat you to get you out of the way kind of deal uh and then you fight virgil again but as nero yes and it is so cool <laughs> i um, i, I want to talk about oh, go ahead go ahead you talk you talk then I'll talk. i want to talk about nero's devil trigger uh just just a little bit where it's like i love its design i think it's super cool and i like that when you're fighting virgil in this mission the music is very like dramatic. The very first time you turn on <laughs> Devil Trigger, it goes into like this insane, like electro club like hype music. Yes, yes I think that does. Is that Silver Bullet? It's Silver Bullet. It's Silver Bullet. The remix is called Silver. I um... oh, it's so good. So I I remember like I was looking up like the Devil Trigger song and the remix. This remix showed up before I had gotten to this part in the game, and I was just kind of listening to it, just like kind of cool but like where's it where's it coming from what's this about um and then when you actually get it in the fight it becomes 10 times as hype i i do love how Mm -hmm. it's like the big dramatic final battle there's the sad violin playing you know it's it's that part of the game the big dramatic what shoots it and rather than have Mm -hmm. the big sad dramatic music play you tap devil trigger nero gives gives the screen gives the camera a nice big fuck you like he just shouts it dude (laughs) Dude, I and love it blasts it. EDM. I, I think it's it might be only the very first time you do that fight mm-hmm. with uh with Nero against Virgil, mm-hmm. but the first time there's a special cutscene where he's like, "Fuck you!" 
Because he's like, fuck you, dad. And he, like, <laughs> it does this big dramatic zoom in of him flipping him off and then, like, goes devil trigger. Like, I, he's like, oh, my God. When I did it, Virgil was mid-sentence. And I just love how it's just like, what, what are you doing here? There's no, fuck you, dad. And it's just like, ah, <laughs> yes. And then um, it's a nice, loud angry like it just like a nice loud song and there's all this wonderful banter between him and virgil and I, 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 there's a line that i liked where it's like uh now do you recognize me it was like oh of your existence or your powers like both you asshole yes like, damn yes it's so good damn I, I nero love, is mad it is i really love how nero isn't like trying to like connect with his father he's not trying to reconcile or like you know get virgil to change his ways He's he's ready to like throw down. He's ready to like just like punch the crap out of him, and he's taunting well, him the whole fight through. Like, remember, this is essentially, <laughs> hey, my deadbeat dad showed up to kill the uncle who's been taking care of me. Nah, we ain't having that. <laughs> You're not gonna kill my surrogate father, real father. Fuck off. God. So then you win the fight, and you then kind of realize that Dante is online. Is like, I can't believe you cut your own son's arm off, and you still lost. And he's like, no. And Nero's like, no, stop. We're done here. We need to go. Defe- we need to go finish off this tree. And uh, gotta go cut it down. Then and then uh, Dante kind of jumps down the cliff off. And there's that. There's only like one really nice interaction between. Uh, well, there, there's a couple, but this one was a nice one of like Virgil being like holding his book of poetry and kind of hands it to Nero and says, "Hang on to that until I see you again." Uh, and then he jumps down, and they both jump through the portal and mm. start cutting down the tree from the demon side yeah. well there's also that nice uh, like uh, that nice little line of like hey like why are you going with this this virgil guy you you both can't go and it's just like no i'm going with my brother whatever and he like oh what with dante yeah and yeah. like he shirts he shouts back uh it's something along the lines of you're the hero now so we can leave um or, or something like that um yeah it's effective like Nero's like you can't go we need you on this side and he's like no dante says something like no the reason we can go is because you're here yeah and so they both jump down uh and then the credits roll but psych there's the credits battle <laughs> and it's really cool you know what makes that even cooler why that that credit staff roll fight. What 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 about it? It's be- it's because the very first thing that it teaches you is how to. It's, oh yeah. Hey, uh, the du- the double. So the double we we're going to tell you this credits. Psych. Here's how to use your devil trigger, and it's a huge fucking list of all these new abilities. Oh, there's more and, like, than one. You get your. I I only have like the double grab. I didn't. Okay, so so you get. So when you're in your devil trigger, you get summon swords for your shooting, and instead you you just you can always fire summon swords. Mm-hmm. You get all of, you get your buster back the entire time now. Mm-hmm. Uh, where even out of devil trigger, if you hit R one because Nero grew his arm back, he can do a buster. In devil trigger, you can do a double buster, and you send both of your wing arms out, grab them, and you can do two busters at once. Um, uh, and and we have that we have we have that nice little Nico moment where um where they're like talking about you know you know if you want to cry you can cry you don't you're yeah. a bitch if you do it but you can cry it's fine it's fine and he like Nero's trying to be all yeah, tough yeah I, I I like that you can tell Nero is like and because and you know that Nero is an emotional guy from four you can tell if Nico wasn't there he would probably be bawling his eyes out and oh, I just yeah. thought that was really. That was kind of a nice touch. It's a really cute cutscene. Like I, their relationship is so nice throughout the entire game. Like I, like we didn't really talk about her a lot, but like the van scenes and like how much she actually brings the game. I, I, I feel like she really helps. Like 
you know, make the entire thing work just by being a carrot. That said, mm-hmm. we, we skipped over a very important couple of plot points, Adam. Um, what did we skip? We skipped over the glorious bitch slap of Nero to Dante. And oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> like, what was your reaction that was when that the... happened? Because I was caught way I remember off. Having, I remember having an audible laugh because so Nero has blocked both of them. And Dante's like, what the hell? I told you get out. And then Nero just kind of like backhands him. And he's like, uh, he says something. And Dante's like on the ground. He's like, gentle, that bitch left damn near killed me. And I remember cracking up with that. And I think it, because I was like, I was so hyped up on it. Energy was like, that's the funniest thing. That's one of the funniest lines in this game. It's like, that bitch left damn near killed me. I, I just love how like all this crazy stuff is happening. And Dante's just like, well, what, what's all this then? And then he just gets like the first half of that is just me going, oh, no, he didn't. And then there's a part of me that's just like, oh, yeah, you did. And I was very proud of Nero growing up and being a big boy. I do like when when Nero is in his double trigger and he's blocking the two. There's a line that that Virgil says of like, this is curious. <laughs> it's like, oh. So even he doesn't know what's going on. Well, he doesn't even, like, he barely even knows who Nero is. He's just like, I have a son? That was weird. Yeah. <laughs> that was a uh, long time I ago. Say, they were about to talk about Nero's mom. And it's like, nah, skip it. It doesn't actually <laughs> matter. You just get to the fight. Uh, I was going to say, so after the staff credits with Nero, there's a cool scene where we get Virgil and Dante, and they're fighting all the demons who are at the root of the tree, uh, and they're in hell now. And, um, and it's just Did nice. you know, so one... Oh, you're saying you, you can you can win or lose both of these end credit scenes, and I think if you win the Dante one, you get an extra scene with the ladies with Lady and Trish, and then you also get a special scene with Dante and Virgil. Oh, Did you get both of those? Interesting, because I I got the ladies where they're just like hanging out in the in the old Dante shop, and they kind of tease mm-hmm. that oh they're gonna have their mission now. Um, it's like a projected uh, ladies' night air quote DLC that would be cool. Would be cool. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't get like any. I actually is it the one where th- where he just goes don't say it, and then he says jackpot, and my heart just yeah kinda... that one you okay. I want to talk about, so that one I think is an unlockable scene for, uh, I actually don't know which one's unlockable or not because I got both. I think they're tied to if you win Dante's end credit scene. I think the ladies one is always there, but the Dante Virgil one is unlocked. I love that cutscene so much because it's like, wow, they're just, they cannot stop fighting. And then the last line from the entire game is, don't say it! jackpot and they get the cool cutaway yeah i love that yeah they do i, I yeah they i want to keep that as a as a background because it looks so cool it is it's, it's it's a wonderful note to end i i the idea that like dante's ultimate ending being he goes back to the demon world and fights since all day with her it it feels really poetic it feels really nice it feels like what i think should happen with characters like Mm -hmm. like if they're actually gonna retire them and they're not gonna be the main characters anymore then like i do like Mm -hmm. the idea of like that's kind of how they ended it they kind of semi put their differences aside and just kind of spend their days kicking ass maybe maybe this is me reading too much into it but i'd almost like to say like the the virgil of dmc3 wouldn't have done this but i want to say like the time that V and Nero spent together must, at least for me, my read of the character is that time together changed V. And then when V merges back in to uh, be Virgil, I feel like some of that kind of transfers over. And that's why he's a bit more accepting of like his human half. And he's a little bit more calm. And now it's he because he does seem a little bit more chilled out. And I'd like to think it's partially 
V's interactions with Nero and stuff like that. I can see it. So that there is that some kind of like father son bonding, even if it wasn't directly with Virgil. I can see it. I can see it. Like it. It is also kind of like uh, like a Vegeta move. Like you know, your ultimate nemesis becomes your buddy to a certain degree. Um, but you know, I also mm-hmm. see like the logic behind it of like, it's been some time, he's done some chilling out, there's been so much weird blood between them. And like you said, the, the, the V hanging out with Nero and even a little bit with Dante, like it makes sense. I like it. Mm-hmm. And that is the plot. Uh, I like this. That is the plot of the game. And it kind of, and kind of our review, uh, uh, we were kind of talking about the whole game as we talked about the plot uh yeah is there anything you want to bring up uh i, uh, I anything maybe we didn't touch on we have not touched on many of the games i want to talk about nico because i do think she is ultimately i don't want to say the heart and soul of the game but she brings a lot to the table and i want to talk about the memes mm-hmm. because i feel like this is the funniest devil may cry i've played in my life um it has okay. so uh, many good i want to bring up and i want to bring up a couple just a couple things mm-hmm. and we'll do that um one I like that the secret missions in this game aren't bonkers stupid and are actually pretty, like, useful. Like, they'll teach you something new if you do them. Mm-hmm. I, I also like, like, the way you get that. Like, um, like the, the you find a position and you kind of, like, line them up, line up a certain camera angle. Like, I thought that was kind of cool. I thought it was kind of mm-hmm. nice. That was it. I thought that was a really nice touch. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to talk about the, uh, I want to talk about the music. Honestly. Yes, no, that's an excellent point. That's an excellent point. Let's talk about the mix. So, so I would say, this oh, from the go ahead, go ahead. You me, you first. I'm trying to figure out the words. Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I was gonna say even from that first trailer, the music of this game, like with Devil Trigger, was great. Mm-hmm. And then, like at least for me, like all the music in this game was just top notch. I, I really liked it. Even uh, like even just some of the background walking around music is great. Like it sets the tone really well. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much looking forward to listen to it i think it's on spotify right now mm-hmm. like the whole uh soundtrack i really want to go listen to that nice. so i can just sit down and listen to some of the tracks that maybe i didn't notice when i was playing the game well i mean because they're they're the standout ones the the battles i i'm mm-hmm. i personally like i think the deluxe edition is completely worth it just for that while i love subhuman like replaying the game now and swapping it out with um devils devils may cry is just glorious it's so much fun um yeah there's Subhumans, uh, I like Devil Trigger. That's Nero's theme. Mm-hmm. Uh, Subhuman is a fun one, and I love the "You cannot kill me." Oh, like yeah. I love this, the yelling on it. Yeah, no, it. I like there was the whole controversy around it. I I think the redub sounds a hundred times better. I, oh, a hundred percent better. It actually made it listenable for me. Like I I I, I, I love I slapping actually, the crap out of enemies with it. It's it's a really it works very well as a battle when you're doing what you got to uh-huh. do. But uh, the only thing I'd say is like when you put in some of the older ones, it's like, oh, it's nostalgic because I'm playing this as Dante again. And yeah, it's great. It's true. It's uh, true. I, I will say they didn't bring in Divine Hate, which I thought they would have. But I guess it's a little too similar to Devil's May Cry. Um, but that's OK. It's OK. I'm, I'm going to have yeah. fun. I, uh, I, I also really you, like I want to like. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Uh huh. Um, no, no. Ask me okay. a question. I was going to ask you. Of the battle themes, we have Devil Trigger, we have Crimson Cloud, and we have Subhuman. Which one do you do you align with? Because I personally think Crimson Cloud is... I didn't expect to like it as much as I did. And as far as, like, an actual track to fight with, like, it gets me pretty fucking hyped. I, I can't deny mm-hmm. this. Uh... Which one do I align with? I think I'd have to go with Devil Trigger, because Devil Trigger is is just the hypest shit in the world. It is true. It is That's, true. 
That said, none of these are slouches. Like, and each one invokes a different emotion. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, like you said, Subhuman is perfect for Dante and what he's doing. And I'll be honest, I wasn't really expecting to like Crimson Crowd, uh, Cloud. I listened to it once. I was like, uh, that's all right. Then I listened to it again, like, that's a bit better. And then the third listen was like, Savior, Bad Stained Shadow. <laughs> that was a bit swing. That was that like, oh, if you have to ask, it's, it's too late. It's too late. Uh, I actually like that lyric a lot in this one. Oh. It's almost like a, if you have to ask who I am, it's too late. I'm like, ooh, it's so good. Uh, you know, it fits his character's character. And then, and then even like the music in the menus is great. Oh, like, there's the, the gallery the tropical... music is so good. The, the chilled out, like you were saying, the tropical remix. Um, I just put that on sometimes. I just like having the gallery open uh there's a couple other ones that are just kind of the slow guitar ones that are, are really nice too oh yeah um, yeah i'll be honest i've had legacy stuck in my head a couple times mm-hmm. uh and I'd, I'd like to give just a special shout out to legacy okay. because i wasn't expecting to be borderline in tears in at the end of this game that song almost got me there Aww. because it's it's all about how you've done all this stuff this will be your legacy. And I was like, if this has to be like the last Devil May Cry game, not even just like the last Dante one, if this has to be the last Devil May Cry one, and it really does kind of feel like that's what they were going for here, hmm. what a game to end on. Like, just what a fantastic note to end on. It is. It, and Legacy was so good. It is a good, like, if it, like you said, I, I don't think it's going to be the last one. I... They, they they sold two million units already. Like they they did pretty well. Um, in two weeks. In two weeks. In two weeks. Not bad. Not bad. Um, I I will say though, like as far as like a last one for Dante as the main character, it's a good one to end on. It, it it's a huge fan game. There's a ton of stuff in there for people who have been like in on the series. And if you are like every freaking moment, mm-hmm. and even if you're not, like every level brings something new and like raises the stakes and there's just like so much to explore and play with like just because like we've beat the games like the main story does not at least for me feel like i'm done with the game mm-hmm. remotely like i want to beat son of sparta i'm no. waiting on bloody palace i'm waiting on any kind of dlc they're gonna shove at me i just it feels like such a nice packet you know it's got so much good yeah. stuff in it let's go to yours Let's talk about Nico for a second. <laughs> Yo, okay, so Nico, Nico and her van. Because I don't think we brought this up, but during the during the missions, you will find checkpoints, and there will always be, for whatever reason, a payphone. And you hit that payphone, you drop a coin in, you wait a little bit, and Nico will enter the scene glorious. It starts off kind of simple. She just like slides her van in. Then she starts coming in out from the air. Then there's mm-hmm. one where she like she like. I guess she burrows up from the Dig. subway or something and just like shows yeah, yeah. up. It's like the weirdest shit I've ever uh, seen. You know what got me was the I one in hell one. where like it's mm-hmm. a wrecked payphone and it's just like, does this actually work? And it does. <laughs> it somehow does. And it's just, ah, uh, she always has like wonderful I, quips. I like, she's so funny. I. Uh-huh. She's great. She's great. I, I was kind of worried uh, in the very first trailers that Nico would be, too annoying or something like that Mm. um and i could see her coming off as a bit abrasive for some people i actually ended up liking her a lot i thought she was a fun kind of she almost steals the scene in sometimes um and then i think my favorite moment of her and her van was the one where 
it's right before Nero goes into the tower and she's like going down like whoa it's like and she <gasps> oh, stops yeah. right before hitting into Nero and he's like just get in the van whatever and it pans around and you actually see her she's like oh my god how did I do that <laughs> she's trying and to play it you so realize, cool. like, and you're like, oh my god, Nico has no idea what she's doing. <laughs> like, you might think, like, oh, she's a great driver. Like, no, she's just winging it really hard. Which which just makes it all the better. Like, it really does. Uh, mm-hmm. No, I mean, like, I, I feel like she kind of fills... I don't want to say she fills Dante's role for Nero, but, like, she brings a lot of nice that I feel like without her, without having someone to play off of. Like, I feel like Nero would have mm-hmm. just kind of gotten back to the way he wasn't. He wasn't, like... He was, like, okay, but he was just kind of, like... He had, like, a few one-liners and was just kind of doing his thing. I think the fact that there's so much character interaction in this game, where people are talking to each other and, like, they're kind of, like, discovering different things actually works really well like i, I don't it think does. it does i don't think the other games have that as much you know like you don't have like you know folks you're like talking to and getting info from and so on nope. and so forth uh because devil may cry mm-hmm. one is pretty much just dante <clears throat> and trish will show up at some points dmc3 uh you do interact a lot with lady every once in a while um and then in four four has this weird thing where the interactions with the characters are some of the best parts but you spend so much of the game trying to get to that point that you actually don't get a lot of that. You're absolutely right. Nero act. Nico is great because she provides a character for Nero to bounce off of. Where Nero is kind of just the straight man and kind of the punk kind of deal. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nico provides this like ran like she's kind of the the what is it the straight man and the it, it, the second part the jokes jokester kind of character that mm-hmm. he plays off of that they both kind of have this really great energy with. Yeah yeah i i mean again though like i want to i want to talk about dead weight because for me that was one of the one of my one of my favorite in jokes that like nero's overreaction to being called dead weight and how it's somehow his like motivating force for a good chunk of the game is just proving to proving to dante that he's not dead weight and how much that really pissed him (laughs) off so much like it, it's so a we're little... talking about the memes that came out of this oh we are i i just because like dear listen early in the game when nero is trying to fight urzan and he can't do it dante turns to him and says get out of here you're just dead weight and rather than just be like a throwaway line that kind of like ruffles his feathers it seems to be like a real central sticking point for him throughout the entire game because he, he always takes the time to like bring it back up he's just like um, he called me dead weight he, he tells to v you know you can't i'm not dead weight again you you can't call me that dante like he his reaction to this very tiny sleight of hand against slight against is just it's kind of precious it's kind of fun like he's just i just want to he is dead weight to me i want to call him dead weight he's your boy dead weight (laughs) poor nero (laughs) and he he parents like yeah he's not dead weight but it's like yeah but you were dead weight in that one fight okay but that's Um, the thing like in that scene like like dante did nothing wrong shit was going bad oh no i and he's like no you you don't have an arm get out of here dude like that it's a perfectly reasonable thing i didn't come all this way (laughs) and his eyes are so wide in that scene and he's so mad he's like no i'm useful (laughs) yeah it's kind of like the i wanted to help my i wanted to help my friend or my my what is essentially my surrogate father but he called me dead weight and it's like (laughs) how could you all right maybe let go of it but like yeah Uh, i want to talk just a second because you mentioned like talking about the memes boy there are a lot of memes that came out of this game there's like a ton of them so many like 
I, I remember one of the earliest ones was Devil Trigger Goes With Everything. Oh. It, and that was great. It, that was fantastic. It does, it though. It still does. It still goes with everything. I, At one point, I said it to everyone's battle theme just to see how it went. And it went oh great. Uh, I really liked Old Man Dante. Mm-hmm. Uh, because, like, he... Dante is not, like, an old man. But he grew out his... His beard grows out a bit because he has been knocked out for a month. Mm-hmm. I like that everybody ran with it, and it's like, oh no, my old man grandpa's gone crazy. <laughs> what? Oh, that's right. That's, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, um. Oh, you know. Um. Trying to think. Of some- I, I think I I will consider Urizen's weird goofy some me just because for whatever reason, like just the way he talks is like it mm-hmm. is intimidating in the moment, but like isolated, it's just like I don't know what's up with the dude. It's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the this, uh, I the slapping the slapping I like is, the, is I like V's meme of oh sorry go ahead mm-hmm. sorry uh, which one were you talking about the, the, just the slapping the slapping that went down I, I thought it was great <laughs> I feel like that slap will echo throughout throughout ever forever that was a pretty good one uh, I like V's so it is written meme <laughs> where people take that shot of him reading his poetry and they'll put something like it says here that this person's dumb so it is written <laughs> like no. Nah! Oh, you savage! That's one thing I didn't actually get to talk about. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like V, and I like all some of his comedy comes from him quoting poem like poetry, and sometimes he has the best one-liners where he's like fighting one. He's fighting Nidhog, one of this worm thing, mm-hmm. and he's like, "The cut worm forgives the plow." What do you say? And he like stabs Nidhog. Into oh, that's the tree right. Like, that's right. Dude, Damn. He is, he is like. Because of the nature of his gameplay, his finishers are freaking glorious. <laughs> like, oh, you know the one I really like. What's the one? Oh, uh, when he when he's fighting like the ghost Artemis, and he just like slices her in half. It's nasty. Mm-hmm. It is a nasty way to go, but he don't care. What's the one? There's a line he says when he beats uh, Garion that I really liked, and it's like, "Folly is measured by the hour, but of wisdom, no clock can measure." Die. <laughs> That's right. Damn. You know, actually, of his taunts, uh, one time I just got him doing this, like, really maniacal laugh. And it just fits so well with him. And I really like when I get that one. Like, he's such a fun character to play because he's so over the top. And because I guess he knows he's dying, he kind of doesn't give a fuck. Mm. And it's just super fun to play. (laughs) Oh, jeez. So let me ask this. Mm-hmm. Go ahead. Was there anything else you want to bring up? Because um, we are about to hit the two twenty mark. Oh, we are about to hit. Um, I because uh, I'd like to go over just a couple of the notes I took from the Itsuno director's talk mm-hmm. yesterday. Oh, oh, that that's gonna be. Um, I I want to hear that. I do want to hear that. Um, I so nothing I'll, springs I'll to mind. This. Go ahead and do the Itsuno talk because I'd love to hear her. Okay, so. Itsuno, Hideaki Itsuno is the director of this game, and uh, the talk I went to was how was game design by reverse engineering emotion. Oh. And he was talking about how his design philosophy, and especially how it applied to Devil May Cry 5. And he had some really cool insights that I thought were amazing. Ooh, you tell. He says that in a, in a game, the objective of the game is to invoke a certain emotion in the player. And the means is all of the things in the game that'll help you evoke that emotion. Uh, and that's kind of his core design philosophy about coming, like attacking these games and designing them. And he actually spent a lot of time during the talk talking about the stuff that made him uh, very emotional and like stuff like that. And this one I realized Hideaki Itsuno is way into giant robots. 
Really? Um, two of these scenes, like most of the scenes in DNC five, in reflection of the stories he talked about, was like, "Huh, that is from a giant robot." Now I understand. Like it's from some old giant robot series that he used to watch. Oh. And he talks a lot about as a game designer or somebody making games, it's important to go out and do everything. That way you have a wider range of emotions to draw on when you're trying to evoke that emotion in the player. Hmm. And he used a really interesting example of, let's say there's a game you you really like, you're looking forward to, and you were, and it turns out the game was absolutely garbage. You're actually really lucky because now you can reflect on that experience and see what were you excited about and what let you down. And the opposite is true of like a game that was you expected not so good and became amazing. And his whole thing was, you should buy more games. It's like, damn it, Suno, you can't just be a mark for games. <laughs> well, I mean, it is how he gets fed. It's what he does. That That is interesting, yeah. though, because I uh, but I do see that in this game and in a lot of the Devil May Cry games. Like, it, it's carrying itself based off of emotion and feeling. And there are... Like, there's mm-hmm. a plot, and, you know, we've been talking about it for two hours plus now. But it does feel like a lot of it is to get you to these, like, kind of, like, moments of, like you said, emotional moments. Like, me fighting mm-hmm. Virgil. That's emotional, because I'm thinking back to three, and it's all intense, because it's, like, this big, you know, brother v. brother thing. You know, mm-hmm. playing as V, you know, you're just, like, trying to, like, keep things going. It, uh, it, it's not something that I think naturally comes to mind when i think of devil may cry because it's known as like you know a big action orientated game but mm-hmm. i can absolutely well, it's actually interesting. There. he he actually didn't talk that much about the action design really? of the game that was actually a very small part of this talk here uh, a lot of it was uh about this emotion and he actually talked a great deal about this what do you think the theme of devil may cry 5 is see here what do you think was the core theme see this this is tough because i know you have the answer and i know that i'm gonna say the wrong thing and feel very foolish uh if i had to think about the well don't because that's not because what it turned out to be uh is not at all what i thought it would be uh, or it wasn't exactly what i thought it was gonna be huh well i want to get a guess in there i want to get a guess in there but i i would have to use this um I guess it would be, I don't want to, it's not really passing of the torch. It Maybe just communication, because like at the end of the game, it really is just like, you know, not even that. I don't want to say family, because mm. it doesn't feel like family. Hmm. I feel like I could sit and guess All and right. check forever. Do you want to know? I want to know. I want to know. Give it to me. Give it to me. Let's go. So, as Itsuno says, the theme of Devil May Cry 5 is setback and awakening. Oh. And he actually goes through all of... The character, all the main playable characters, and says, "Here's what their setbacks were, and here was their moment of awakening." Uh, for Nero, as I said earlier, the entire scenario was written for that last scene where he awakens his devil trigger, mm-hmm. and his setbacks were he is constantly getting beaten, and as much as he's trying, he can't overcome this. Uh, and it's not until mm-hmm. that last moment, right at the end, where he awakens at just the right time, where he, you know, his emotions boil over. He simply cannot let uh dante die he will not allow it kind of deal mm-hmm. and that's when he awakens in and that's his awakening hmm. uh, dante is you know his setbacks is he keeps getting beaten and even when he goes in with a cool head he thinks you know okay i can just approach this as i always have it he can't overcome this challenge until he awakens to you know the power that he has really inside of himself then when he does he's able to just like he like He's able to achieve this new form. He's able to beat Urizen and all that. Mm-hmm. And V, V's setbacks are he has been discarded. He is now seen as useless and something, and he's constantly losing power. And his awakening 
is his being reunited with Virgil. So really, it's Virgil's awakening huh. in five, so where it, he awakens to the human side of himself. So it's a, it's a game about overcoming the obstacles in your path, even if they continuously yeah. get in your way. Because I joke about our boy Dead Weight, but. A good chunk of the game is just him getting the crap kicked out of him and people kind of being lame to him. Ah, interesting. Mm-hmm. And, and, and kind of his moment of like, people keep doing this and they're trying to get me out, but I, I simply can't let this go on anymore. I have to do something. Mm-hmm. So I thought it was interesting. Uh, he then did talk a bit more about the game and his uh, the game design. And he <clears> said something that has really stuck with me about game design that I thought was interesting. He considers three main points for a game. Let players figure things out. Uh, make sure players feel they can improve on things. And the one that got me is don't let the player give up on themselves. Mm. And I thought that was such an interesting thing because it made me think about the entire game where, uh, you know, one of the new changes they made is if you die, you can spend orbs to keep going. Mm. Because in his mind, what that is, is you're, you may have lost, but let the player bet on themselves how much, how much better they could do. Mm. Um, and then, you know, let players figure things out. So we talked about character design of like, if we have this character, it needs to evoke this emotion so the player can look at it and say, I know what this should do. Uh, then he talked about letting the player improve and he talked about the things that were like, how can the player improve and how it influenced the style ranking and all that. Uh, he gave an example of, remember the uh, exceed system mm-hmm. in uh, in the game? Yeah. So in DMC4, to get a max act, you ha- there was exactly one frame that would activate it mm-hmm. and player they found players would give up and stopped trying mm-hmm. so in five what they did is they made three levels there's if you hit it at the at just the right time you max act if you hit it a little bit off you get one level and a little bit further off you get maybe half a level anything more it's like okay you didn't try kind of deal hmm. uh and it was all about success not being binary where it's like uh yeah you beat the level but how good of it how good a job did you do? or Hey, you beat this level and got the same rank. Can you do it without continues and all that stuff? Hey, that—that's the crux chat. of the gameplay. That's the crux of the gameplay. Yeah. Like, yeah, you beat it, but you can beat it better. And if you can't beat it, like you know, you learn from it and you get more out of it. Huh? So yeah, I it was a. Uh, I'm hoping it'll become available for everybody to watch. If it does, I because GDC is weird with like what talks it lets out into the open. Mm-hmm. Uh, I encourage people to watch it. It was very interesting. Oh man, I. That is, that's some good insight on game design, and uh, I'm glad you got in. I'm glad you're able to, like, send it over my way to all of our lovely listeners. And, mm-hmm. and did you mention, did you mention that you got your copy signed yet? Did you mention that? I, when I went to the panel, I brought my PS4 copy with me, so I'm super glad I didn't cancel that PS4 Collector's Edition mm. now. Because <laughs> there was time I was like, oh, I got it on Steam, maybe I'll cancel it. And then it showed up, it's like, well, I guess I have two copies. And like the day of, I was like, I don't know, should I bring this? That might be tacky. And a part of me is like, in the one in one hundredth chance that I get this signed, I'll uh, I'll bring it with me. And then I got in line at the end, and they were doing an autograph session, so I got a picture with Itsuno and some of his team, and got them all to sign my copy. So that uh, is so awesome. Somebody was dude. saying like, <laughs> it's like, hey Adam, look, you can you can make your money back by selling. And like, shut the hell up, I'm never selling this. <laughs> don't, dude. Like, that's awesome, man. Congrats. Actually, I guess since since you've played PC and PS4, how, how do the two builds compare, if you don't mind me asking? like, So they actually run fairly well. Um, one thing I noticed is that uh, PC version does have a higher frame rate over the PS4 version, 
Uh, and it seems to really only affect it in cutscenes, which is interesting. Uh, all of the cutscenes are rendered in real in-game engine. Mm. And that's apparent because any changes you make to the character, like your clothing colors or the what gear you were wearing, mm-hmm. will be reflected in the cutscenes. Mm. Uh, if it wasn't, if it's not for like a story reason, like you can't be walking around in a mission where Dante is supposed to have Sparta with Demon Sword Dante in the cutscene because it's like, well, he doesn't have it at this point in the story. Um, and so it's interesting because I can't tell if it's me just being kind of rosy colored. Uh, but it definitely feels like the uh, frame rate in the cutscenes is down a little bit. But it's nothing detrimental. Uh, the two builds play totally fine. I, I I will say the PS4 does have an advantage. And it's weird to say this, but it's longer loading screens actually means I can read the in-between mission text. <laughs> PC loads too fast and I could never read it. Oh dear. Too powerful. Too powerful. Mm-hmm. And any other nuggets of wisdom from the uh, Itsuno talk, or is that the extension of your note? Uh, let's see. Did I have any other notes? Um, not, not I. Nothing really that I can say of uh, of anything that I haven't already said. Okay. Uh, a lot of it was just like, damn, that's cool. I already said about like success being non-binary and stuff like that, mm-hmm. which is a good moral, a good lesson. Oh, I will say this. Um, we talked about how it was crazy that this game got announced in 2018 and then came out in 2019, yeah? Yeah. Did you know that this game's entire scenario was set in stone in 2015? What? Um, they apparently went to a retreat in 2015 to plan out the scenario for the game, and it never once veered from that plan. Wow. Never. That's impressive. It was like, holy shit, that's insane that is actually very impressive my goodness just because like so many things can change during that time like he had a fun joke of you know what uh to all my to all of you game designers out there you know what the great thing about doing one of these big retreats is way in advance and planning it all out it's because years later when they say we want to change it well you promised me this many years ago that you would let me do this so i guess we have to let me do this (laughs) it's like very nice Oh, other thing, Itsuno, uh, so Hideaki Itsuno, um, Okabe, and Matt Walker. Okabe, I, I'm sorry, I can't remember his first name. Um, it, it escapes me at the moment. Uh, they all came out in the giant collector's, like, super-duper Japan-exclusive collector's edition jackets. Oh. So Itsuno is walking around in Nero's jacket. Uh, Okabe had Dante's jacket and uh, Matt was wearing V's jacket. Oh, like, that's awesome. That's 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 pretty great. Ooh, that's great. And it was pretty great. And you know what was also really great? Devil May Cry 5. Devil May Cry 5 was pretty great, I, Adam. It, I I have really no much more to say on this. This is probably our longest episode ever now. It's, it's extensive. It's extensive. I'll give it that. I, I feel like two and a half hours is enough time to say my piece. I, I quite enjoyed it. I made, warmed, warmed my heart. I'm going to be playing a lot more of it. Ooh, ooh, actually, I have a question for you. I asked uh-huh. you about theme song. Mm-hmm. But between Nero, Dante, and V, who's your favorite gameplay style? Oh, Jesus, I knew this was coming. That's right, you can't weasel out of this one. You can't weasel out of this. Uh, I don't want to. I can't answer that. It's like asking me, like, pick your favorite child. and like, no. Okay, what if I make um, it easier and, like, everything's unlocked? Like, everything's unlocked. There's no, like, game where just, like, everyone's got their devil trigger. Kind of. I guess V doesn't so count. So, if, if I had to pick a favorite, um, like I said, I actually don't know if it's my favorite, but... So I'd like to change the question a little bit. I had the most fun playing Dante, and that actually surprised me because I remember in 4, Dante felt too overwhelming to play, and I was really scared going into 5. I'm like, I don't know if I can do 
Dante stuff anymore. I, I just don't know. Uh, I with all of his new weapons, with all of the style switching, the changes of the style. Um, all of the characters are fun. All the characters are amazing. But his gameplay was the one that was just I never felt not cool doing even doing dumb stuff. It was just amazing to play. Like Nero's amazing, especially when you unlock his devil trigger and you get to do double buster stuff. Mm-hmm. And V is of course just fantastic. But like there's something really cool about being I'm gonna go super devil trigger now. Fuck this fuck this encounter now. It's the I the Sin Dante the Sin Devil Trigger mode kinda kinda puts everything over the edge. Mm-hmm. It's like it, it, honestly I think it's because you have to fill that second bar with your own devil trigger. And it's like, there's something really cool about the buildup of like, I'm getting, I'm pouring all my energy into this. I'm getting so fucking strong. It is like a nice extra layer of tactic that you can have. Oh, okay then. Mm-hmm. Okay then. Favorite weapon, Mr. Adam. Favorite weapon. Demon sword. Da- Demon sword. That's Dante. cheating. Yeah. You can't do that. I, no, no, it's my favorite. I, like, when I think about all of the weapons, because uh, when you talk weapons, you, I assume you're talking about, like, Dante's weapons. Yeah, I'm talking Dante. Uh, Red Queen is cool, but I played that in 4, and, Go- and Blue Rose is cool. Uh, v doesn't have any weapons, uh, except his cane. Cane's pretty neat. I Demon, Demon Sword Dante has to be it for me. From its over-the-top hype-as-fuck intro to the way it overhauls a system that I wasn't comfortable with in the previous game, and now I feel empowered to use in this one plus it looks amazing and just from a story perspective it's really cool it's hands down I, it's got to be demon sword dante how about you well i like dante the most just because he plays so goddamn smooth and they've had years to hone him so no surprise there i will say mm-hmm. i will say i like you did not expect to love playing as v as much as i did i just he's just he's not something i could play consistently as just like oh this will be fun forever but like the way they pace him out once in a blue moon it's just a great deal of fun um but -hmm. you know dante gotta go dante and i feel like saying demon sword dante is cheating but you do make an excellent point what it means in the game is pretty good i will also say i really do like Mm -hmm. that king that that king cerberus though it it is a cool uh pun intended it is a cool remix on an old weapon um speaking of which you you remember liking liking Cavalier? Did you know that weapon was originally supposed to be in DMC two? I did not. It makes sense because he had a motorcycle. They were trying, yeah, yeah. The motorcycle was a really big to do in DMC two, and they just couldn't get the weapon working. So I guess they tried to bring it back for five, and it's like, yes, yes, this works. This is fantastic. This is acceptable. I'd like to cap this episode off with just a, a quick thought. In one interview, Hideaki Itsuno said he wanted DMC five to exceed expectation. Mm-hmm. Having now spent over well over two and a half hours talking about it, I can tell you my expectations were fully exceeded. It was so much more than I thought it was going to be. 100% agree. Excellent statement. Mm-hmm. Excellent way to cap this guy off. Adam, it's been an honor. It's been an honor talking about this with you. And uh, mm-hmm. I guess guess there's nothing else to say. I want to end this on like a, on like a good one-liner, but I can't think of anything, Adam. This, this is your expertise. Okay, here's what we'll do. All right, Drew. We're going to say that thing we always say. You know the one. Jackpot! Thank you, listeners. Goodbye. Have a great night. Goodbye. Play Del May Cry 5. It's great. Goodbye.